In a world where there are hundreds of actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, Tavern Tales is one of them. But if you're a fan of humor, great exposition, and module play, come check out our adventures as we work our way through the tales of the yawning portal and occasionally a dungeon in a box. Every month we also step back from the table to let our junior crew sit down to tell their story on Tavern Tales Junior. So swing by and grab a seat at the bar as we present Tavern Tales weekly wherever podcasts can be found. The world is a clock full of 11 million people living at the mercy of a broken sun ever since the emergency. The Church of Gov tries to hide the sun's slow death, but not everyone is fooled by dogma. Heretics seek the truth, and four young heroes uncover a secret history. Splinters of a Broken Sun takes place in an original setting and features a diverse cast of wonderful players. My name is Liz Burton from Dungeons, Dice, and Everything Nice. Dungeons, Dice, and Everything Nice is an all-women, all-comedian Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Listen as a vegetarian butcher shop owner, a burlesque dancing barbarian, and a skateboarding teen wizard ascend their small-town beginnings and take on sinister cults, daring gauntlets, and basic human interaction. Follow us at Dungeons Dice on any form of social media. Hello, I'm Kyle from Beyond the Abyss, a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast. Join our four characters, Liam, Neil, Eli, and Gemma, as they try to survive the eldritch horrors that await them in this present-day setting. Not for the kiddos. Please, find us on Twitter at BTACast. Hey, do you like epic adventures? Yeah! Do you like slaying dragons to save cities? Yeah! Do you like world-spanning quests to keep the world safe from ancient evils? Yeah! Well, too bad! That's not Heartbeats. Come listen to Heartbeats, a storytelling podcast about ordinary people in an extraordinary world. Each week, our characters just try their darn best, but not because they're heroes. Available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Welcome to Aberrant Community Service. I'm Kyle. I am the dungeon master and host of Tavern Tales at www.taverntales.ca, and this is a one-shot special adventure for I Am Here's special September releases. I have three really great players today. All of us have never gotten an opportunity to interact together before. We have no idea what each of us is capable of or is going to do during this game today, and that's what's going to make it so exciting for me as your Dungeon Master Storyteller Game Master. So I will turn it over to you to all introduce yourselves and where you're from and anything you'd like to say about yourself. And then we will begin with the game itself. Hi everyone, I'm OG Brown Sugar from the Broken, uh, the Broken Splinters, the Splinters of a Broken Sun podcast, uh, where I play Maeve Sentis, the Mother of Spiders, and the Heart of the Swarm. Hi, I'm Xander, and I am the DM and storyteller for Heartbeats, and I also am a cast member for Beyond the Abyss, where I play Neil Bartolomeo. Hello, my name is Liz Burton. I play Zil Nair on Dungeons Dice and Everything Nice. Awesome. Welcome all of you to this one-shot game. We are going to be playing Aberrant, a game that was released in 1999 by White Wolf and has since gone way out of print. We are playing a mock-up version of that where we will all be doing what is called an eruption game in a superhero context. This game is unique in that the rules are largely White Wolf based, but we will fudge them as we need to in order to get everyone 
through this whole entire debacle because all three of you have very little experience with aberrant at all, like zero experience with aberrant and very little experience with white wolf as well. Although I do believe Liz has some experience with white wolf. Yeah, I've played it a a little bit, not enough to where I'm like, I know all of these rules. I know so much, but I know the the basics. You know the basics, but you can't min-max. And I don't think Xander or OG Brown Sugar have ever played White Wolf games. Never. (laughs) Nope, not at all. (laughs) So this is going to be a lot of fun because White Wolf's system is really fluid and it's great for social dynamic games. It's a little more awkward once it gets into combat, but because this is an eruption game, I don't think we're going to be too hard pressed. So let me set the scene for where this game is and what is happening today in the wonderful adventure of community service. Oh no. (laughs) The year is 2020. It is Los Angeles County. And there's a little squat and unassuming brick and mortar building in an industrial park in in subdivisions of Los Angeles. There is a, a large yard with several school buses and handy buses and a very high fence with loops of razor wire at the top. There is an unenclosed parking lot at the front of the building and a cream early 1990s Saturn coupe parked out front. It is early on a Saturday morning and three individuals pretty much show up at the same time to begin their community service labors. These people don't know each other. These people are all the victims of the American justice system and their crime that they have committed, whatever it may be, we'll find that out soon enough, has sentenced them to 200 hours of community service each. And today, this Saturday morning, is the first eight hours of that community service. Who happens to walk into the building first? I will. I do. She is very tall. She has a scar going from her temple to her chin, the right side of her face, and she has, like, short blonde hair, and she's just super cool looking. Is she wearing a jacket or just a a light shirt? Ooh, yes. She's wearing shorts and boat shoes with, um... Pretty tall socks, which is you would expect. Why would you wear those with boat shoes? But you know, she just she doesn't care, and she's wearing a floral tank top. Excellent, and one glove. And that's servicing this character very well because right now it is the depth of August, and it is the dog days of summer. It is boiling hot every afternoon, where the temperatures raise to over a hundred degrees Fahrenheit on the highways of Los Angeles and out in the Dust Bowl there that it has become in the last two years. And as this character walks in, the flooring in this building is really interesting. Can you describe the floor of this squat building to me? Well, this floor, it's tile, but it's like the kind of tile that it's all like pretty elongated and spaced out. I'd be perfect for a nice tap dance on. There's some scuffs, but not too many, and I can see the faint outline of me in it. Perfect. You make your way over to the counselor's 
office, which is where you've been told to go. It points uh, right to it as you walk in the doors. And there is a low bench. And it seems like there's somebody inside with the counselor at the moment. And so you can take a seat or remain standing at your leisure. When you look up, the second person to arrive has walked into the building and is silhouetted by the bright lights of the outdoors. What silhouette is that? OG brown sugar. It's a fairly tall woman, about six feet tall. She's coming in with these really, like that raised flat, but it has a tough heel, so you can hear them marching down the hallway. <laughs> She's got really long and wavy black hair. She's dressed in like a business pantsuit, but has like the white doctor's gown over it because she's got to go to work after this and she can't be bothered to drive all the way back home and change. (laughs) And she doesn't even bother to look at the first person. She's busy scanning the room, kind of narrowing her eyes and pursing her lips like she was just walking through a hallway. Someone farted, and she's trying to figure out who it was. (laughs) You're standing in a long hallway, and the door to the counselor's office is right there, and this tall, blonde-haired woman is sitting in front of it, uh, or were you standing? I couldn't remember, Liz. I just took a seat on the bench that was nearby. Yeah, so you're just having it's an hot. easy seat <laughs> nearby, and you look up and make eye contact with this tall, black-haired woman. And before the two of you can say anything, you both notice that you're sitting and standing in a long hallway that stretches off and wraps around the other side, and there are several doors allotted down the hallway on either side to other rooms and whatnot in this building. And as the two of you pause momentarily in an awkward semblance of who will speak first, a third figure enters the door. Can you describe your arrival, Xander? Yeah. So you see this extremely tall, five foot four gentleman (laughs) with very like broad shoulders. You know, he's very broad, very buff, though his muscles are more like, not like toned, just big, like if he just did like hard labor every day. And he just comes not barreling through the door, but the door does... opened really quickly and made kind of a loud boom sound as he kind of just bust in, puffed out chest, and he just, like, looks around and sees a bench and, like, immediately sits. The three of you are sitting there, and a fourth figure enters. Xander, can you tell me, is it a male or a, or a woman? Male. And, Liz, how old is this person? This fourth person, seven. They're seven years old? <laughs> They're seven years old. Seven years old. Okay. And beautiful. This this child who appears to be seven years old, OG Brown Sugar. Um, can you describe kind of a little bit of their physical appearance? I won't apologize. They're short. Of course. They're pale. Oh, you never know. Uh, they're very pale and freckled. They've got bright red hair. They're wearing a little sailor's outfit with a beanie that has a whirly gig on it. Son. (laughs) Oh, there's a beanie with a whirly gig on it. Xander, what color is that beanie? It's matching his own green. Yes, it's a green beanie. Okay, and this little kid looks up fearfully. this, This building is out in the middle of an industrial sector. There's really no reason why a child would be here, especially since the door remains open a moment and you see that they are unaccompanied. There is no other person there. And the child lets out in a squeaky voice, Um, huh... Is my mom still here? That depends. Who's your who's your mom, kid? Um, my, my mom, uh, she's, uh, she just started a job here today and I've been in the car for like two hours. 
You've been at the car for two hours? Is your mom doing community service? Because it sounds like she should be. Um, my mom's not in community service. Uh, she works here, like, um, I, I, I don't know. I, she said she was just coming in to get some papers, and then she'd leave. But <laughs> I, I have to pee. Henry jumps off the bench. He's like, okay, well. Let's go ahead, get you, let's find you a restroom, and then let's go ahead and find your mother. He shakes his head vociferously and says, I, I, I can't go with strangers. Well, my name is Henry, and I reach out my hand to the shake the little kid's hand. I quickly put up my hands and say, don't touch him, otherwise the mother won't take him back. I go, that makes, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Uh, all right. I have seen enough Animal Planet to confirm that. Henry, can I just get a charisma check from you? A charisma and style check. Sure. Uh, you, unfortunately, the number of difficulties was just going to be one. You just needed one seven on that die roll. But now the difficulty is two because OG Brown Sugar has absolutely gotten in the way so of this. So question, I'm rolling what exactly? You said charisma? Charisma style. Charisma yep. style. Okay, well. Or I would, I would also accept a wits rapport. But uh, charisma style, I think, is more of the way you went. So I have three in that, so that's just three D10s? That's right. Okay. Eight, eight, five. So you have two successes. That's more than enough. The kid's face is suffused with a radiant light of, of happiness as he accepts, like, oh, you are a good person. You told me your name. <laughs> and as a seven-year-old is wont to do. And he, he reaches out and he takes your hand in his... His hand feels both... It actually feels cold and clammy. He doesn't look very well upon closer inspection, maybe because he's been sitting in a car for two hours. <laughs> and he says, where are we going? Henry looks around and I guess I will roll a perception or an awareness to try to find a bathroom since the kid said he needed to go to the bathroom. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to force a roll on trying to find a bathroom. Okay. Uh, there is one just down the hall and it's clearly marked. Okay, so I'm going to be like, well, first, let's take you to that bathroom over there, you know, and I'll walk him over and I'll wait outside the door. I'm not going to follow him in. <laughs> and then I'm going to call back to the other two and go, have you two seen anybody? I've seen three people. They're all here except one's in a bathroom right now. So the little boy goes into the bathroom and he's in there for only a couple of moments. Well, let's rewind for a second there. And OG Brown Sugar, were you paying any attention to the child as he walked past you? Definitely. As a medic, I know that kids are just breeding grounds for germs. <laughs> so you're paying very close attention. I would just like you to make a perception medicine check, please. So you'll roll the number on your character sheet of perception, which is three for your character, and medicine, which I believe is four for your character. So you'll roll seven dice. You're just looking for two successes. Okay, so seven d10s? Yep. Ooh. That's a, that's a lot of D10s. <laughs> Normally on a roll like this, I would just allow for automatic success because if you have at least seven dice, the odds are that you will roll one seven. However, I'm looking for two successes since the boy passes by so quickly. So you do have to make that roll. Sure. Yeah, I got like nine, eight, four, eight, six, seven. Yeah. So in the future, whenever you're reading out, just tell me the number of successes that you got. There will come a point 
where I will need to know how many tens you got. But for now, seven, eight, nine, ten, any one of those is a success in this game. So you'll just have to tell me how many successes you had, and it'll match a particular threshold of successes that you'll need in order to succeed. So jumping from one building to another could very well be a strength might check as you're trying to leap to another building. And when you make that check, and if it's only a three-foot gap, that'll be one success. If it's a 15-foot gap, then it'll probably be five successes, depending on, you know, other situational modifiers that are there. And then you're just going to tell me how many successes you had, and the number of successes you beat it by will also also say how well you succeeded and, mo and possibly give you advantages in something else you do subsequent to that. So hopefully that that explains a bit of that. As we move on, you note that this boy is definitely in early stages of dehydration and maybe a bit of, uh, of sunstroke. He's in the bathroom for quite some time and another person comes around the corner. They're wearing janitorial gear. Um, it is a woman. Uh, can you just describe what she looks like, Liz? So she has these giant glasses that just make her eyes look very tiny, though, for some reason. She has uh, very curly gray hair, and this janitorial suit that she's wearing is bedazzled with her name on it, very big on the back. I almost said bigly, but that doesn't exist. So... <laughs> I love this so much. Xander, this name is a male name, what is the male name emblazoned on the back of this janitorial suit? Carl with a K. Uh, uh, Perfect. Okay. I throw up. Just uh. The janitorial suit is ill-fitting on this older lady. She does not look like a Carl. And she says, people? What are, what are people doing here? Carl, it's great to see you. You don't remember? Ugh. And then I'm silent. <laughs> no, dear. Sorry. My name isn't Carl. I inherited this dreadful and atrocious garb from the previous janitor. Today is my first day. You don't happen to have a child, do you? Folks, I need you to all make a wits report check. Amazing. Wits report. Okay. Wow. Man, these are not my skills. But that's okay. They're mine. <laughs> <laughs> One success. Ooh, uh, tens you re-roll, right, for another... No, you're just going to count that as a single success for now. Okay. Later on, it will be, it'll be bigger and better. Five successes. Two failures. <laughs> <laughs> OG Brown Sugar, your character has botched and you have no idea what's going on because you don't care. I think, would that be the best way to state that? Definitely. <laughs> so... Yeah, and if you roll zero successes and at least one one, that's called a botch under White Wolf's system, and usually something negative or bad happens. But as we are in the very first throws of the game session, and I don't see how something bad could happen from this, I'll just have it as though you, it's a, just a straight-up failure. But Liz, your character, when you hear the words tripping forth from this elderly lady's mouth, you know them immediately to be a lie, and you immediately perceive perceive that this woman is in fact the mother of the seven-year-old child who's in the washroom right now what you choose to do with that will be up to you because she says no not at all that would there are children are not allowed here on saturdays well i don't think you should be allowed to have children are you being intimidating are you trying to what what was your motivation there no i'm just saying that as a statement and just seeing where it goes <laughs> 
Henry's just looking back and forth. Just goes, okay, so either you are or not the mother. I don't care. There is a child in there who is missing his mother, who has kind of cold, clammy hands. He hasn't come out in a little bit. Maybe we should see if he can come out and he can confirm or not that this is his mother. But I am almost 100% positive this is his mother. And I immediately open the door to the bathroom and go, kid, I think your mother's here. (laughs) Get out. Um, I'm pooping. (laughs) Oh, finish up and then come out. (laughs) I I shut the door. Is he okay? What is- <laughs> you didn't really hear much other than maybe maybe the word pooping, which was really quietly said and very, very embarrassed from that child. But Liz, your character, as you've said what you said to her, the woman kind of breaks down. And oh no! <laughs> while Henry is in the middle of the door being opened and whatnot, she does nothing but just make long and soul-searching eye contact with you and she quietly mumbles that the two of you just barely catch she says that's what social services said and if i don't keep this job <laughs> oh my god that's so bad. <laughs> oh my god um ooh woof am i right am i right i say that she's like <laughs> Did I catch that? Henry is just... Absolutely. <laughs> I think maybe Henry was in the middle of talking to the young boy about pooping. Yeah. The other two of you definitely <laughs> overheard that small, escaped, definitely coming from the core of her being, words from this woman. Carl. That's oh, extra awkward because I was staring oh, at the clock sh- and just about to ask that if we got her to sign something, if this time would count towards our community service. But I managed to not say anything and just kind of stand there with my mouth gaping for a moment. Does your mouth close with a click when that happens, Victoria? Absolutely. (laughs) I go, hey, hey, it's okay. And I hesitantly (laughs) just touch my fingertips to her shoulder and pat it. Hey, um, I don't know what you're going through. Obviously, you have your own problems, I'm here for some community service also, but uh, just maybe don't leave him in the car. And that's the first step to being a parent. I think I read that in a magazine. What magazine was it that? It was a special new print of O Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw it in the lobby as I walked in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You mollify this poor janitorial woman. She goes into the men's room, which I think Henry was still holding the door open. And as the door swings shut on the men's room with the mom and her son in there reunited, the door to the counselor's office opens at the same time. So one door closes, another one opens. An individual that, well, let's have you guys describe this person. This is an adult. You sure? (laughs) Okay. I'm positive. This is an adult. (laughs) And so, Liz, what sex is this person? This person is a woman. Now, I'll also allow, I would like to also state that that this is a a great opportunity to say, like, there's no binaries in this game. So if this person is gender fluid, I'd like to hear that as an option, too. So, Oh, sick. Then, yeah, 
They have no gender. I'm cool with this being a woman this time. So, but just allow, because I will be asking those questions as we go along. Let's try to open up our mindsets to other options when we see a person for the first time that we don't naturally necessarily ascribe a sex to some people because they are gender fluid. So we have a woman standing in front of us. She is wearing something odd, OG Brown Sugar. What's that odd thing that she's wearing? She's wearing a bright green button-down shirt with the tie very, very tight around her neck. Eerily similar to, but legally distinct enough from Counselor Mr. Mackey. (laughs) (laughs) And how old does she appear to be, Xander? In her, her like, early 60s. Oh, wow, that's awesome. (laughs) And... A person on the other side of the door says that will be all and then says that person's name. And what is this this woman's name, Liz? Ver Verum. Ver Verum? <laughs> yeah. Ver Verum. Ver Verum. Ver Verum. Vivi. <laughs> okay, perfect. Ver Verum. That will be all. Ver Verum says this voice from inside. It's indeterminate and... The door is left open, and this person moves off down the hall and turns the corner. Does not really make eye contact with any of you, and looks very depressed. And now we will begin the scene that I'm starting the game here, because this counselor's office has a counselor inside it. And we're going to just bounce back and forth between the three of you, because you'll all be asked largely the same questions. The process will be laid out to you in a similar way. And there's just a few things I need to know. So who is the first person to go into the counselor's office? Uh, Henry. I will go in first. Okay, yeah. Oh, Oh, no, Brown Sugar, you can do it. Oh, look at that. So both Xander and OG Brown Sugar's characters walk (laughs) into the room at the same time. Like, they try to both go in at the same time. And the voice from within the counselor's office says... No, one at a time, please. Is that a masculine or a feminine voice, or is it indeterminate, OG Brown Sugar? It's indeterminate. And who, in the end, makes way for the other? Uh, I would make way for... And then I walk in. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And and when you pass, it's just going to be like, was that the mother? (laughs) Yeah, that was... Oh, who just walked out? No, 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 who 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 went in the bathroom? Oh, Carl? (laughs) Carl was the so, mother, yeah. All right. I give a thumbs up and I Henry sit back down. Henry successfully sub- distracted Liz, OG Brown Sugar, if you want your character to walk in. I'm definitely uncomfortable and I don't want to be here for like <laughs> social work in addition to community service. So I'll just slip in while they're there. Perfect. You just slip past. So <laughs> let's say that Henry's hand is on Liz's character's shoulder. Really reaching up. <laughs> I'm real short. As he asks about the mom, reaches <laughs> up high, looks her in the eye, asks those questions. Victoria slides in and the door swings shut, leaving the two of you kind of looking at each other. Liz, what's your character's expression as the door closes? Squinty eyed. And I'm like, oh, OK, um, well, I guess I messed that up. Henry just has like a big like grinning smile as if this was his plan all along (laughs) (laughs) the counselor has a sit down with your character OG Brown Sugar first and the counselor asks you several things about your hours what hours you can work and, and it's all largely mundane and immaterial they have a folder on their desk 
What color is that file? It's like this classic beige. It's a manila folder, and it is thicker than you ever expected it to be. It has, if you thought it would have 100 pages, it has 300 pages. If you thought it had 30, it has 100. It has more pages than you possibly expected it would. It is full, this folder. And it has your name written across the front of it in black Sharpie. And the counselor has a lengthy discussion with you. What is the counselor's first name, Xander? Henrietta. And what is their last name, Liz? Powers. I love it so much. This is great. Wonderful. I absolutely (laughs) love this. (laughs) Henrietta Powers, their hair is very short and the clothing that Henrietta wears is very demure, very counselor-esque. It's very black and white and business appropriate attire, but it's largely, it's a suit. And the only thing that's interesting about this from Henrietta is that the, the, the claim to being a stra- uh, like, you know, an, a unique person is that Henrietta wears a bow tie. Because bow ties are cool. <laughs> yes. And there's something that Henrietta does when she's annoyed because she's constantly annoyed by the three of you as you answer the questions that she poses to you. And what little thing does she do when she's annoyed, OG? When she's annoyed, she punctuates her statements with, okay. (laughs) I just broke my pen. I literally just broke my pen hearing you say that. Because a coworker of mine does that. So I think I can channel that really, really well. So we're going to bounce back and forth as the three of you have your interaction with the counselor here. And the counselor says, it's Victoria? Yes. Excellent. And you are serving 200 hours of community service for what again? A life-saving operation that for some reason <laughs> the person who survived it is having beef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, so I understand that you have your own personal um, take on the situation at hand. However, you have been sentenced to 200 hours of community service, and you have chosen to accept that. Begrudgingly. Mm. So today, you will be sending yourself down to the, she looks you up and down, women's change room, and you will uh, put on the appropriate jumpsuit and ensure that all of your valuables are locked up. Here is the key to that locker. You can see the number on the key, okay? I, you, know, you know, I'm not sure. Is that a nine or a six? Hmm. I'm sure you'll figure it out. She looks down and looks back up, and the camera f- jumps because the color of this folder in front of her is different. It is not a manila beige folder. Henry, it's a different color. What color is that? Magenta. Oh my. And it, of course, is a normal sized folder. It only has like, you know, 15 pages in it about what you'd expect it to have. It's not super duper thick. It might actually have fewer pages than you might have thought that the court documents would have been sent over. But this Magenda folder, she looks up and she says, Henry, yes. Last, how do I spell your last name again? <clears throat> it's uh, A-R-C-H-I-N-A-L, ma'am. <sighs> court documents have it saying urinal so i am glad that i asked (laughs) henry keeps a like a mute face but his lips do kind of get sucked in a little bit (laughs) and she says she says and what are you here for again for assaulting two people who were assaulting another man that does fit with what this says more or less all right 
Excellent. Thank you. Uh, down the hall to the right, she looks you up and down. The men's change room. Here's your key. Please leave all of your valuables in the locker. Uh, you will be sent back here upon the return of your uh, your service of hours today. Yes. Do you have any questions? Uh, yes. Is this a nine or a six? <laughs> <laughs> she looks flabbergasted by that question. She says, it's 17. <laughs> and as she answers that, the folder is once again a manila folder, and it has a whole bunch of papers in it. But this is not Victoria we're looking up to. This is the last character. And she says, this just says AA. Can you give me your name, Oh, please? yeah, sorry. That's that's for Ash Altru, A-L-T-R-U. Altru. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. And what are you here for to confirm? You know, if you asked me, I would say... An accident and misunderstanding. But if you ask the cops, I guess it's damage to, like, some city docks and pier, uh, pier and some destruction of personal property. But, you know, who's to say what that really means? All right. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, I'm done with you, Okay, Follow one of the other women out to the change rooms. Here's your key. Thanks. You'd... Uh, great time we had. Bye. <laughs> yes. Make sure you attend to the supervisors. Whatever. Now, there's a few other things that you all noticed in the room. They had very few things on that desk, but there was one thing. It was a framed picture. It looked like it was pointing towards... Uh, Henrietta, but it's angled a little bit so you could all make out who that individual was. Can I just get some descriptors as to what, some adjectives to describe that individual? We'll go with Liz. Bold. Fluffy. Petite. And that person in the photo looked really, really happy. And at one point, Henrietta shot a look at the picture and Henrietta looked happy. Liz, your character Ash caught that right away. The other two of you, you kind of just figured, oh, this must be the significant other of Henrietta. This only document, the only thing on the desk that, and in this squat, flat, no window room that has uh, one of those overhead fluorescent light tubes that kind of makes that high-pitched whining noise that irritates you if you're there for very long and Victoria it irritates you immediately and one other last bit to Victoria as Victoria leaves Henrietta says you should be interested in knowing it says you volunteer at a clinic is that right occasionally and that clinic is on can you just give me a street name Xander Kingswood can you give me a direction Liz north and she says oh that's a clinic on north Kingswood according to the GPS perfect yes that uh that's good to know. Um, I've, I've seen that clinic several times. I'm very pleased and proud of you to work there. I don't live very far from that clinic. It's, it's a very difficult neighborhood to be a social worker in. And I'm very impressed that you would spend your time working in such a rundown, ramshackle place. Good for you. I'll just give her a nod. <laughs> you head down to the change rooms. There is an assortment of orange community service jumpsuits the sort that you would see people wearing who are about to do what you all are about to do, which is to pick trash on a highway. And there's varying assortments and sizes, and 
seems to be that there's one that fits you all, but it only fits you if you can beat me in the roll of a d10. So I am going to roll a d10 here, just one, and I have rolled a four. And if you have beaten my four, then this, the size of jumpsuit actually fits you perfectly. If it does not, if you've not rolled a four, then it'll have to be either too big or too small. How have we done? I got a 10. I got a 7. I got a 1. I pick, can I Can I have small? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Is it too short in the shoulders and it makes your arms look like super beefy and it comes up to, you know, your forearm? Or is it too short in the legs? Both. So the jump shoot, the arms are, are really tight and pulled up, but also the legs are also really tight and, and like up as well, as if this was meant for like a child and not a grown adult. As if it was meant for a seven-year-old. <laughs> Who got the seven? Uh, I did. Liz, yours fits you nicely. It's not perfect because it's a one size fits all style of jumpsuit (laughs) but when you look over and see victoria in her jumpsuit it fits victoria perfectly arms legs the belt wraps perfectly does up right down the like it's and it looks almost brand new like potentially no one has ever worn this one before and it suits victoria immaculately however it is still an orange jumpsuit so that is quite surprising you're in the change rooms you've got your key you've got all of your items put into a locker however there are pockets in these jumpsuits does anybody wear any of their clothing other than their undergarments underneath the jumpsuit or does anybody you know keep a wristwatch on you still have to wear your own footwear now you were told to bring running shoes and i'll just acknowledge that everybody brought the running shoes that's probably something that even if Victoria would not wear them to there, she at least has them to put on. Now, you can countermand that if you would like to, but that was something that was told to you right from the get-go. I brought the toe shoes. Oh, okay, perfect. Nice. Those ones that are supposedly, yep. like, really, really bad for your feet, and they've, like, lost a yep. whole ton of lawsuits because of that. Okay, <laughs> this, is a, this is a different brand. <laughs> you got them on this is sale a at brand. a discount bin? <laughs> oh, perfect. The, it, it's the yeah. future. These actually work. <laughs> These ones work. <laughs> Great. Uh, Victoria, does she have shoes? I did. I brought an old pair of running shoes because I intend to leave them here and not take anything from this place back with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Excellent. Did you want to describe your running shoes at all, Xander? My shoes are actually just regular, like, Vans tennis shoes. That's awesome. <laughs> so not particularly running shoes. But he's like, no, these are comfortable. Sneakers are running shoes, right? And I can run in sneakers. Yeah. Perfect. And of course, Henry will be wearing his green beanie. Oh, yes. That's brilliant. Great. I really like that. So you've got your green beanie, Xander. Henry's wearing that. Does he have any of his other personal items on his personage? Yeah, he would always have his wallet with his ID and stuff on him. How thick is your wallet? Do you carry like a big mammoth wallet with all of your receipts and every single card that you possibly, like even your discover card sort of thing? Or is he he a slim wallet guy? Henry is very simplistic. He has his his ID and like his debit card. Oh. He doesn't have any credit cards. He doesn't believe in debt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Liz, how about your character, Ash? Does Ash have any of her personal effects on her? I don't think so. I feel like that counselor was a little spooky to me, uh, so I don't want to 
make them mad. So I'm just like, you know what? Here, they were like, no valuables, so no valuables. <laughs> and OG, how about Victoria? Does she keep anything? Victoria does. She brings her ID, her like hospital lanyard thing, and her cards. And her wallet, but the wallet is empty, and all the cards are in like little straps that she's got on like her arms and legs under the jumper. Because I'm not <laughs> leaving my valuables in that locker. And does she wear a watch? <laughs> she does. She has a pocket watch. <laughs> Class. What surgeon wears that? That's classy. Watch? I love right. it. Perfect. And does anybody have any jewelry? I have a replica of the One Ring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Henry does. He has his. Uh, iron wedding ring that he just can't take off even though he is no longer married when you're done and you're dressed in your orange jumpsuits those washrooms funnel out into the courtyard sort of thing a uh like the the back of the the building where all of the buses are and there is a handy bus there that's not very big and it's running and you can see that that woman in her 60s is climbing into the handy bus. And there is a petite woman with a really bold stance. And she's wearing these bright lime green sneakers. And her hair is like a big, fluffy poodle, French poodle style of hair. It's like just this huge mass of ringlets and curls and fluff, a lot like uh, what's her name, the new Netflix woman, Samantha. Samantha Wolf? Like Samantha Wolf's hair. It's this big mass of fluffy tangles. And she smiles at the three of you as you all arrive and she says perfect! We have our four let's go let's go people time's a ticking you get on the bus and your hours start then oh i love i love this person (laughs) yeah i get on that bus i'm like hell yeah Yeah. Henry will get on the bus, but as he, every like few steps, he keeps like adjusting his pants legs as they keep like riding up. And he's just like, <gasps> <laughs> she high fives Ash as Ash oh. takes off for the bus. Hell yeah! And then she finishes the high five, and her whole demeanor changes as she sees Henry, and she reacts visibly, and she says, "Oh, oh no! Why, why would you wear such a small outfit?" Henry, with a deadpan face, just goes, It was in the locker. You were supposed to pick one. There was a whole bunch that were hanging. You didn't just take that one out of the locker. The other ones were too big. Hey, hey, Henry, you want to you want to switch with me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there a zipper in the front? Because <laughs> that's when he'll, he'll just start doing that. Absolutely. There were extra <laughs> community service jumpers. You just happened to say... Nope, screw it. I've put on the short one and that's what I'm going to live with at the time. If, you, if you're willing to change now, you may definitely change on the bus. I'll tie it around me like a cape. <laughs> uh, uh, Ash, you're very aware that it will not fit you either, that it is a very small outfit and you're much taller than Henry is. <laughs> I probably like you this point. <laughs> But now Henry will, you know, see there's not one available and be like, ah, I'll just keep it and zip it right back up. And OG, this person is the supervisor and they have a supervisor name tag and it is bedazzled with the same sort of bedazzling that was on the back of that janitorial outfit. And that person has a really cute, fluffy sort of name. What is that person's name? It's Jem. 
because that hair is truly, truly, truly outrageous. I love uh, it. It's so good. That That's brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So, Jem gets everybody on board, and Jem is going to drive the handy bus, pushes a button, and the wheels on the, uh, not the bus, but the wheels on the door in front of the parking lot creak and groan as the gate is pulled back along the way and she puts the bus into gear and drives out onto the highway where is everybody sitting i'm sitting in the back yeah i would sit in the back too yeah that's where the cool cool kids sit i also i unzipped my jumpsuit i still have the pants on but like i tied the arms around my waist oh perfect and you're just wearing what are you wearing on top? i got my tank top on and never took it off that was not something you said you were wearing earlier, but I will accept it because you have been funny so far. <laughs> and where is Victoria sitting? I will also sit in the back, but I will be flipping a coin because I'm constantly debating whether or not I should just try to get that back door open and get out. <laughs> just, just get out. Okay, perfect. So it's a Saturday, and so you're out onto the freeway in Los Angeles, and you're heading out to a, like a suburb area where you're about to pick trash. And Jem talks about this like it's a massive service that you're doing to the community. And though you're forced to be out there, the service that you're doing to clean the area and to make everyone else's commute that much more enjoyable, not having to see the refuse by those horrible people that just litter and dump their trash on the side of the road, you're making everyone's lives a little bit brighter today. I hope you're enjoying that because I'm going to enjoy it too. I do very much enjoy that thought. I, I can't hear you at the back of the bus, she, she shouts. Henry stands up and just goes, I enjoy that thought too! <laughs> <laughs> and sits back down. <laughs> the elderly woman is sitting in the front and the three of you catch over the course of the 20 minute to half hour drive that it takes to get to where you're initially going that person's name as you said was Ververum Uh, she tells Jem what she does for a living or what she did for a living because she is in her 60s so she could be retired if you choose what is it that she does Xander? She was a mechanic but has since retired to be a librarian (laughs) OG, what did Ververum do to wind up with community service? She drove recklessly. <laughs> Liz, how recklessly did she drive? So, so recklessly. The sun got in her eyes, ran over at least three fire hydrants. <laughs> <laughs> she, she had NASCAR flashbacks. She, she was driving a truck. <laughs> She was driving a truck. That's awesome because she's a he- she used to be a heavy mechanic. That's great. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So the three of you are sitting close enough at the back of the bus. On the way there, it's a 20 to 25 minute trip. You kind of could hear a little bit through the door about who each other were and maybe what went on. So you're all aware that you everybody kind of knows a little bit about the transgressions that you caused to wind up sitting on a handy bus on a Saturday morning. Do you have any conversations or talk with each other over that time? So what did y'all do? I assaulted two guys who were beating up some kid. Cool. No, it was quite warm. <laughs> well... <laughs> I saved a life without permission, but you think that would be moot after the life-saving part. See, you guys both did some, like, life-saving acts of heroism. That's great. I, too, did that. How? Well... 
Okay, maybe I didn't quite do that. I just, I burned a boat down. How? Oh, it was just um, a series of accidents. There were some fireworks and some tap dancing. I don't want to get into the details. I, it's, it's, but if you think about it, I saved the life of the party. No, I killed that. I killed the party. It sounds the party was lit. Hell yeah. (laughs) In 2020, adults are saying lit. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, that was my night. And it's at that point that things get awkward. But thankfully, you're getting close to where you need to be. There's not a lot of traffic on the highway, which is probably why they intended you to be out there on a Saturday morning. It's now about 1030 in the morning, and Jem pulls around the side of the, a bend in the road and lets out an expletive, something really, really vile, and causes everybody to jump in their seats because they didn't expect that sort of language to come out of her mouth. And she says, no, no, no. Henry is looking around waiting for a yes, yes, yes. And she pulls the bus over to a stop. (laughs) But is disappointed when it doesn't come. She pulls the bus over and you're on the right side of the right side of the highway. There are 10 lanes of traffic with a large swath of greenery between them. On the left-hand shoulder, across on the other side, is a prison bus. A slate gray behemoth with a row of chained inmates all cleaning the left side of the freeway of refuse and litter. There are three guards with shotguns and sunglasses watching the proceedings. The hot August sun beats down unsympathetically. The heat rising off the asphalt blurs the air around it hazily. The ground on the right side where Jem has pulled over is covered in garbage. And in the distance, way off, you can make downtown. Ahead on the highway, a few hundred yards away, is an off-ramp and an exit into a run-down area of Los Angeles. Jem pulls the bus over and steps up and says, we are not supposed to be at the same point as those prison carts. They are supposed to be on Highway 4, but there's nothing I can do about it. And your hours are already underway, so let's get to it, shall we? And she tries to put on the happiest of smiles. Henry raises his hand. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> she comes down and high-fives you both. Well, that's what I um, wanted. So I more so had a question. <laughs> oh, there's no need to raise hands here, silly What's your question? Are we going to be mistaken for prisoners? Because they're wearing orange, we're wearing orange. Well, we're wearing orange, and they're not wearing orange. They're wearing off orange. They're (laughs) They're, wearing tangerine, guys. Come on. They're they're wearing tangerine, (laughs) and we're wearing orange. We're wearing orange, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Henry, Henry will just nod in acceptance at that. They are indeed, in fact, wearing orange, but it says county prison on the backs of their jumpsuits, and on the backs of yours, it says community service. I don't see how this could go wrong. Me neither. Let's go pick up some trash. Yeah, and I, hi- I put my hand up again. And I high five. Yeah, that's how I was high five. <laughs> Excellent. What does Victoria do with all this high fiving going on? I put up my hand for high five from Victoria. <laughs> I'll click my tongue, but give her an air five. Like stop like a good three inches from her hand, and then I move my hand <laughs> into the <laughs> into, into hers to make it a complete. <laughs> Before the two hands connect. Can I roll, like, a reflex to try to get my hand in between it to intercept the high five? You want to just be, a th- like, a third member of the high five? 
Yes, I want to intercept this high five so my hand is in between theirs as if I stole the high five from Ash. I'll let that happen, a three-way <laughs> high five. You know what? It's actually more he's trying to interact with the environment. You're already in the process of doing something. He just wants to get that hand in there at the time. So let's do uh, another roll here. This will be a dexterity athletics oh, roll. great. <laughs> if I can perceive the attempt at intersection, I will facilitate it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so instead of needing two successes, you only need one, since I'm assuming Victoria is pulling her hand back to not be involved in the high five anymore. Definitely. Okay, I don't know if this is visible, but it's 10, 9, 8. 10, 9, 8 are all three successes. So you have succeeded admirably, and there is a loud, resounding snap from the intercepted high five as your hands create that perfect vacuum and pops it to make the loud smack sound. And Ververum in the front of the bus nods approvingly at the quality high five. I guess this means we're a team now. Oh, yes. Yes. Victoria's hands are down at her sides. (laughs) You'll come around. I hope I say that to Henry. I hope. (laughs) Which you hear clear as day, Victoria. Henry just nods approvingly, like, (laughs) like hoping the same. So you're all given canvas garbage bags and steel pick rods with the sharp point and you're sent out off the bus to go and clean uh, the sides of the streets. There are probably 60 garbage bags, empty garbage bags at this point. And for the next two or three hours, all you do is pick up large amounts of garbage. Jem drives the bus forward 20 feet and you pick up more garbage. And the inmates on the other side, they're moving along as well. And they're starting to develop a little bit of distance between you, maybe a hundred yards or so. But it's really slow going because the refuse stretches down and away from the street, uh, from the highway, by a good 20 yards. So there's lots and lots of stuff to clean up as you move back and forth and try to get as much of it as you can or not. So who's working the hardest? Henry would be working as hard as he can. That's awesome. As he has accepted his punishment for the actions he did, he doesn't resent his actions, but he does accept that he did assault two men, regardless of the situation, and he's going to do his best. Henry is the first to fill a garbage bag, and when you rush the garbage bag back to Jem, she takes it and she puts it in the back of the bus and squishes it into the seats you guys were sitting in when you were first there. And she says to you, I'm so proud of you, Henry, for getting it done so quickly. I'm going to mark five extra minutes on your community service from that. Good for you. I I pat myself on the back. She sees you doing that and she pats you on the back for you (laughs) with a bright, cheerful smile that suffuses her freckled face. Okay. (laughs) And he just leaves a little bit awkwardly, like he, he was not expecting to be touched. So who's working the least? I'm working smart, not hard. I'm picking up some (laughs) big things that weigh very little, so they'll just cram easier, so it'll look like I've done a lot. So you're really cherry-picking the prime garbage to get a full bag that doesn't weigh over much. Definitely. (laughs) So just a bunch of... And how are you working, Ash? How is Ash collecting garbage? I'm not in a rush. I'm just picking up as I go. I'm not trying to go too hard, but I'm not trying to go too soft. I guess would be the word choice. I'm just like going at my own pace. 
conserving energy because you know it's going to take eight hours and you got to make sure you do everything to the best of your abilities. Oh, yeah. You're about an hour and a half in and Jem has brought out some brown paper bags. And as she's saying that it's about time for lunch, I need perception checks from everybody. So that's a perception awareness check. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, perfect. Two successes. One of them's a 10. Five successes. Four successes. With those five successes, you notice a semi-truck coming hard around the corner that you were all coming down before. It's in the fast lane. And Henry, you see that the front tire, there is something wrong with it as it barrels forward. There is a logo on the truck. Can you describe the logo for me? So the logo is that of a of a fist, but there's a thumb on each end, so it's like doing like a weird two-thumb side fist thing? I can't do it with my hand. It's like a rock symbol, but with two thumbs. Okay, perfect. So it's it's like it's like two hands that are put together, but you can only see yeah. the one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then thumbs coming out either side. It's thumbs everywhere. <laughs> the name underneath this logo says what, OG? It says radical. <laughs> Serves up, bro. With a K instead of a C. Radical. And there is like a, a dangerous word associated with that like following that liz what what is the word radical radical pharmaceuticals <laughs> you heard of big pharma what about radical <laughs> pharma radical pharmaceuticals transporting <laughs> victoria with four successes you don't notice this semi-truck at all. You're looking the other way closer towards downtown and to the left of downtown in like an area that's near the hospital where a lot of research is done. You actually see a bright flash that comes rippling out towards you from way off, like 10 miles away. Huge, bright, rippling flash. And Ash with two successes you notice that something blocks the sun right around this time like it was an eclipse there's not an eclipse planned for today the moon is not covering the sun today that was not on the docket at all but nevertheless the sun is suddenly eclipsed and the world turns to shadow and all of these things happen at the same time as that front tire, Henry, blows out. The truck turns, bends, flips onto one side, and comes crashing down the street. And the tanker that it was carrying cracks open along the top as though a can of soda had split along the seam that puts the can together and just opens right up and something comes spilling pouring flooding out of it what is that thing can you describe that for me so this odd what seems to be like this weird liquid as it gets closer you see that it's more like a weird gelatin sand as it starts washing down toward us. And it's like a weird amalgamation of kind of like greens and pinks. It washes right across the meridian, this roiling kind of 
putty like i guess that and they're in each one of those granules is in is distinct and unique or do they all is there some sort of viscosity to them do they stick together at all no each one is like unique so it looks like sand but it's acting as if it was like a slushy water like a like a viscous liquid but they're each unique and they don't actually have any attraction to each other right is what you're saying Okay, it it just pours out and the force of it and the amount that was actually contained within this tanker, it was pressurized. They were packed in there and they just explode and it almost looks like a dust rises up off of them and washes out down the street as well. And a huge car accident happens as a result. There's a pileup of 10 or 12 vehicles on both sides of the freeway and you're all not quite far enough away that some of these granules of green and pink gelatinous sand hit you in your running shoes and bounce off of your jumpsuits and ash with your jumpsuit tied uh, with the arms around the waist. It hits you in the tank top and it feels like they kind of explode in little puffs as though you're getting hit by minuscule paintballs they're not leaving these colors on you they're not sticking to you you think but they just keep keep puffing into you as they just roil out across the street and it's around the time when you're getting hit by these things that that rippling wave Victoria sees washes down the highway and ruffles your hair and blows your clothes doesn't knock things around it it might have done closer to the source it might have been blowing cars away and blowing the windows out of buildings but out here it's just like a a wash of like air or or sound that's causing these little like little minuscule ripples that happen and Jem drops the lunch bags that she was holding in her hands and slowly you see peanut butter and jam sandwiches that are in little Ziploc bags no. fall out and like land with a splut. No, not the sandwiches. On the ground. I mean, they're still in their bags. One of the bags opens and the sandwich slides a little bit out onto the freeway. And <laughs> I don't know if any of you could look at that and say that's still edible. <laughs> but nonetheless. Rest in peace. <laughs> the scene in front of us i assume that there's clear signs of people needing help and assistance yes immediately it looks like there are people who are in need there's a couple of broken vehicles and damaged and overturned vehicles one of them is leaking looks like antifreeze henry will immediately drop uh, whatever trash bag in like picker he has cracks his knuckles and goes i'm going in and he just charges in to try to like help whoever needs it like the closest person who needs help to like get out of a car or what have you. You take one step and Ververum the heavy mechanic puts a meaty 60-year-old heavy mechanic woman's hand on your shoulder and pulls you back just in time as another vehicle comes careening right where you were about to go and hits into traffic as well. And she says, there's nothing you can do, young man. You have to stay here until things die down. How chaotic does like the whole scene look? Have you ever seen The Good Child when Macaulay Culkin throws the rock off of the bridge hits the car and causes a 60 car pileup and you get to watch the ramifications of that pileup happen it's half the intensity of that this is 10 or 12 vehicles but the problem is is that still vehicles are coming around the corner 
and they're still impacting the scene to come. You can make your way out, but you'll need to be very careful at this point. You can't just rush headlong in because you don't know if there's going to be another vehicle coming around the corner at any time, not knowing about the accident. He will stand still. Like he'll be visibly shaking. His fists clench. His his knuckles turning white from how much he's like clenching his fist. And just to, he puts a smile on his face and just goes, yeah, I wasn't really good at Frogger anyways. (laughs) 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 And and he's trying really hard to keep a, a smile and try to make that terrible joke the more so calm himself down than to lighten the, the situation as a whole. Right, because he, he needs to rush out into traffic, doesn't he? He needs to go and save one of those people. But he knows that if he gets hurt, he can't do anything. And when it settles down, he can still help whoever you know needs it. So we're going to put a pause on Henry for just a moment, because a whole bunch of things are, of course, happening all at once. And Ash and Victoria, both of you see the prisoners because the chains have broken and the prisoners are moving around in a way that is not expected and the three guards with their shotguns are yelling and screaming and they're a little a little farther away than it was clear to make out their words but there are a lot of expletives and nasty terms being thrown at the prisoners who are largely ignoring what's going on one of the prisoners though moves out towards the semi truck and whatnot and, and you can tell based on your natural rapport score ah that you know for a fact that that person is actually moving to try to help that there is something going on on that side of the road and that person is trying to help somebody and the guards are mistaking that person's actions as hostile or trying to get away and they're moving to do something does ash feel inclined to do anything about that I'm on the opposite side of the road. Ten lanes away and probably a hundred yards or so. I saw like the cars and stuff coming and crashing too, right? Yes. Oh, yes. You've seen all of these things happen at this point. Oh, God. Because I want to go over there, but I don't... I feel like I would (laughs) die if I did that. I try to yell at them and be like, don't stop it. (laughs) Stop. I want to go so bad. (laughs) You just say that at once. Like, I just want to go. And this is all happening around the same time as Ververm putting her hand on Henry's shoulder. And Victoria, what are you doing? I'm definitely trying to get my bearings because there there is a lot going on at once. But I do want to look over to see what the guards and the prisoners are doing. You see a lot of that happening. You see more along the lines of several guards trying to harangue some. One of the prisoners looks like they're trying to make a break for the forest. And three of the prisoners look like they're ganging up and moving with purpose towards one of the guards. I mean, I imagine there must be a first aid kit on the bus, right? Absolutely. I think I will try to go fetch that and then maybe if I can climb on top of like the hood or the bus itself to like better survey the situation. Absolutely. So you go to, to do that and and time starts to move a bit more regularly again. Ververum looks at you, Henry, and says, I can see, young man, that you are very inclined to help here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> yes? Yes, ma'am. To help them all. Then go up the street and flag the cars coming around the corner at 80 miles per hour. And wave them to stop them from doing their thing. And that way nothing else is going to run into stuff. I'll just nod and I will immediately go run off and 
try to wave cars to like slow down. You move off to go down the side of the road and Victoria moves into the bus and grabs that medical kit, which you saw underneath the front seat of the bus. You rip that out, crack it open, and it looks like there's three Band-Aids and a third of a bottle of rubbing alcohol. Three little, the little Band-Aids, the ones that nobody ever uses. <laughs> Fingertip Band-Aids. Yeah, little. Oh, and one rubber glove. <laughs> They're specifically Dora the Explorer Band-Aids. Yes, that sounds perfect. You... Grab that. You can jump onto the front of the bus and you're standing there without any issue. What would you like to do from there? I want to take stock of the situation, like what's going on with the guards and the prisoners, and then like about how many cars and injured I should expect. All right. You start doing mental math. It's not looking good. There's 15 vehicles involved in the pileup across both lanes. There's probably 20 to 25 people that are injured, maybe less. You can't see into all of the vehicles. There is three guards and ten prisoners. One of the prisoners is running away. Three of the prisoners are approaching one of the guards. And one of the prisoners looks like he's about to get shot trying to help somebody across the side of the road. You don't know if he's actually just trying to steal a car because you're, you don't have a huge rapport skill. You can make a check if you would like to. But I think that, you know, you see what's going on and you're not really trying to ascribe motivation at this point. Am I right? Yeah, definitely not looking to dig too deep. You get a lay of the land standing on the hood of the bus. Ash, what are you doing? Are there cars still coming? There might be, but you see Henry move off to the corner and you heard Ververum tell him to go wave his hands and try to get vehicles to slow down. And then I know the one that's running off. Looks like he's running off to help, right? You definitely can tell that that prisoner is moving to help. He's trying to rescue somebody that needs help. He's the one who looks like he's about to get shot? He does. Ooh, I'm gonna risk it. <laughs> I'm gonna run. I wanna... I want to run over by the... You want to cross 10 lanes of traffic and try to get over there at the time. Can I get a dexterity (laughs) athletics check from you? Yeah. Xander, Mm -hmm. Henry sees a car with a couple of teenagers in it barreling way too fast down the highway. I had three successes. One was a 10. Can you describe for me your character running across this road and the theatrics that are done through this traffic accident? Okay, I'm going to take you back. I'm doing the classic (laughs) Tobey Maguire Spider-Man run where his hands are (laughs) flat and they're running up over by his face. And you know, I'm just like... You know, it's really amazing. I did that thing where, like, before I started running, I went back, and then I bolted. <laughs> it was pure, pure theatrics. Oh, I love that. That's, oh, that's, that's so beautiful good. color. <laughs> it, in fact, I'm going to give you an additional willpower point to spend yes. at your leisure later. And I will add that the arms of the jumper waffle like a cape behind you as you yes. dash off. And Victoria, she moves so quick that she almost has an orange blur along behind her. But you think <laughs> you think you're just ascribing comic book stuff to this. That's just silly. Nobody has an orange blur coming off of them as they run across the street. You slide over the hood of a car that's smashed into a pickup truck and you come to a stop. Oh, hell yeah. Meanwhile, what are you doing, Henry, to stop these teenagers? Henry would find some kind of debris from like the accident as he's running like if there's any kind of metal that can like reflect the sun so it can be really noticeable grab that and kind of like flail like flail it around any kind of like something that's really shiny and fairly decent size there's i mean you've got you around the corner because you're now past the accident 
So you're just trying to get their attention and use whatever you can at hand to get their attention? Yes. All right, what type of role would you like to make then to get their attention? Question. Yep. Can I use a strength might to rip off my jumpsuit to use it as a flag? Sure. Yeah, I'm, so- I, I'll always say yes. You, you can definitely rip <laughs> your jumpsuit from your body. <laughs> Yeah, it's tight fitting. It's probably already ripping. (laughs) Okay, four successes. With four successes, you pull your jumpsuit and it doesn't come away at all. The seams don't give. Nothing rips. Your whole jumpsuit is... It's too sturdy. (laughs) You pull and you almost pull your triceps, giving the rip because the fabric is so strong and so durable that it does not give way whatsoever. But when you do the pull, thinking it's going to go, you actually pull your whole body forward and throw yourself like 10 feet forward and you cause the driver to be completely distracted at the wheel and he swerves initially away from you and then towards you and then the car starts to turn loses control and it starts to 360 right at your character can i get a dexterity athletics check from you or you could do something else if you would like to to get out of the way can i do dexterity martial arts to try to use my great martial arts skills attempt to (laughs) jump over this vehicle as it comes careening toward me or slide under whichever it like however this car would be uh rolling at me what you've kind of described to me are both athletics moves but what type of martial arts did henry study did you pick one or it would be like mixed martial art you've learned an aikido move which is to redirect the force of an of an enemy's attack and specifically someone's knees coming at you you've learned to redirect the flow of that and move aside so i will allow that that you use this aikido redirect (laughs) or attempt to you only took it once and it was from a guy that loved steven seagal way too much that it was it was hard (laughs) because he kept saying and making reference to Steven Seagal movies. So if you can name one Steven Seagal movie for me, I will give you an extra die on this roll. And of course I have to draw a blank and I know like I'm picturing the movie, but damn it. All right, die. make your roll without that extra die. Don't worry, I couldn't remember any Steven Seagal movies either off the top of my head. So oh, man. that's just how poorly they stick with you. I know there's one where he's a chef. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm a chef on a submarine. So roll your dice. I think you've got four dice to roll to mm-hmm. Aikido slide this thing away. What'd you get? One, 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 two. That's a triple botch. <laughs> your knees hit the bumper of the vehicle. They're, sorry, your shins. Actually, you're really short. Your knees hit the bumper of the car, throwing your body forward. Your thighs, groin, and belly plow into the hood of the car. Your left hand gets caught up in the passenger side wiper as your face is mushed against the driver's side front windshield. And you you know, you've ever pushed your face up against glass. That's what happens. Your whole face (laughs) is just like this mush. Your nose gets bent directly to one side as your entire body plows into this vehicle and it all happens in slow motion and then suddenly you're flipped 
up over, flipping two or three times, and you land with a loud thwomp on the asphalt as the car careens out of the way and comes to a rest on the side of the road. The two teenagers, Liz and OG, can you just do real quick what the two teenagers say as he plows into the vehicle? Oh, beans! <laughs> this was my dad's car, brah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My dad owns a dealership. <laughs> I told you I wasn't good at Frogger. The car screeches to a halt. There's black tire marks from them slamming on the brakes and spinning. And Henry is lying in the road, completely unharmed. How does the car look? But also dead. (laughs) Rest in peace, Henry. (laughs) The car does not appear to have suffered or taken any damages at all. I love One Piece. (gasps) Me too. You're just rubber. <laughs> am, am I Luffy? <laughs> Did I get the gum gum sand? <laughs> and in the chat, there is a picture for Xander's character. Nice. You don't know it yet, mm-hmm. but this is the case. That somehow or other, what has happened today has caused the flesh of Henry Archinal to seize up and knit together much more tightly and that the bonds that adhere for his corporeal form have such a tight bond that you are almost indestructible and it's not that you yourself have become like a colossus with metal skin or anything like that your body has just disallowed anything to you know make injury upon it it still gives way and that's why the vehicle itself isn't hurt and you're not some sort of rubber man (laughs) but what has happened is that the, the force of it has just flipped you over the car is undamaged but so too are you and you're pretty sure because i'll give this to you without a check that your outfit that you were wearing for community service is as well. That when you tried to rip it, that should have, like it should have ripped in half. You should have split it down both scenes like it was a pair of track pants and it didn't move at all because it too is imbued with the same thing that has impacted and affected you. Fantastic. My super suit is a really tight, small... (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yep. This is, this is beautiful. I love it. Oh, yeah, man. super tight, not well fitting at all. But Do I we... will give you one thing. Mm-hmm. It makes your package look amazing. <laughs> to this point, you had not noticed that, but laying on your back on the asphalt, you look up to see yourself and you're like, wow, no, hey, my junk's looking really good. God damn it. <laughs> and so to and so we turn to Ash. You clear the vehicle. And you've landed on the other side. You can see the prisoner. You can see the person he's trying to help. There is gasoline leaking from the vehicle. And the person in the vehicle is unconscious. The guard is taking aim with the shotgun. What do you do? Oh, God. The prisoner, is he, like, making any progress? The prisoner is at the door of the vehicle. And he definitely looks like, how do I describe this? Okay, so the vehicle is, it just rammed into the back of that truck, but it doesn't look like the person was wearing their seatbelt. And that's why they're unconscious and hurt. And there's gas leaking out of the bottom of the vehicle. Okay. And it looks like he's trying to open the door to the vehicle. And he's just, he's going to get shot. (laughs) I guess I'm going to, I'm like, hey, I trust you. Maybe try the window. And I want to run over by the guard. I want to try to tackle the guard. Okay. So you're going to choose to tackle the guard instead. Yeah. I don't want this okay. guy to get shot. 
He's just trying to help. Do you say anything? Maybe try the window as I bolt off. And you run in front to run up to the guard, and the guard unloads the shotgun (laughs) right into you. I'm dead, guys. So I need you to make a stamina resistance check. Three successes. (laughs) That is a lot of successes. However, you still take like four damage as buckshot finds its way into what you feel is like every part of you and it knocks you to the ground it was worth it (laughs) however you're laying there on the ground ash and you're really badly hurt there's blood everywhere but you can feel your body starting to well actually you hear a popping sound it's like popcorn and you're not too sure what it is and you look down and from your clavicle just below your clavicle your your collarbone there's a a popping sound as a bead of buckshot fires out of your skin as your body repels it and begins to knit itself back together in very much like a wolverine style now if we were to continue to play aberrant this would not be the case. Your your character just has enhanced healing. But during your eruption, oftentimes your powers have greater effect than they normally would. So you watch as your body miraculously heals itself of all wounds before your eyes as your regeneration kicks in. And as a result of this reg- regeneration, this is one of the perks that you can, an enhancement you get for having a mega attribute. So please note on Ash's character character sheet that you have one dot of mega stamina that means that you will have for the purposes of this game anytime i ask you to make or you wish to make a stamina check you will automatically have a success to begin with when you roll the dice and when you roll tens you have two successes oh nice now victoria you're standing on the bus and you choose to do something what's going on in victoria's head i was gonna try to conscript the guards and prisoners because I need a surgery staff. But now that Ash has ashed and there are shotguns in play, I think my best bet might actually be to like try to conscript them forcefully, as in maybe picking up a weapon and threatening one of them. <laughs> you initially had chosen to go and t- talk to the guards to try to get the guards to work with you, and then changed your mind to go and and pick up a gun and start forcibly conscripting people. You know, I, I'm not a people enough person to try and defuse this situation. So that seems like the quickest route. Perfect. So what I'd like to do is we'll just do a quick scene where Victoria goes over and in English tries to conscript a guard to her side. There is a guard that's closer to you and it is the guard that's taking aim at one of the prisoners that's running off the street and into the woods. So you run over to that guard and it's a guy, and he's a little overweight, a little paunch to himself, and the lower button of his shirt doesn't close very well, so there's that open, and his undershirt has ridden up as well, so there's this swath of belly hair that's, you know, just not appealing at all, and all your eyes can really look at is that failure of him to keep his shirt properly closed. And what do you say to him? I approach as non-threateningly as possible, holding up my uh, surgeon lanyard in one hand and the med kit in the other until I can get close enough to just try and disable him. So I'll just be shouting, you know, like, I'm a surgeon as I'm approaching. Okay, so you shout that. Now, <laughs> Xander, give me a, an American accent. Just name one. Yeah, do that. Not saw Southern accent. Uh, you can actually now be the guard and tell Victoria 
to uh, back up. Hey now, back up, you. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> this guy's not having a good day. He, he doesn't really have that commanding authority that you'd expect from a guard. He, he just got served a divorce. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm too laughing. Actually, Victoria looks a lot like his his soon-to-be ex-wife, so he's having too much trouble with this. So what does he say? Oh, man. That, that That's exactly what he says. So what does Victoria say in response as he levels the shotgun at her and, and kind of chuckles and looks unsure and says, oh, man, and back up? I'm going to keep my hands uh, up and then just kind of lower the surgeon lanyard with my hospital ID towards them and just kind of inch a little closer and be like, listen, I'm a doctor here. You can see this is my ID right here until I can get, you know, within close enough range. And you, you get close enough and I'd like you to make a wits rapport check. Oh, geez. Let's see. Ooh, one success. Yeah, he, he kind of lowers the shotgun and, and says to you, It's like, all right, that checks out. <laughs> Meanwhile, do you speak any other languages, OG? Myself or Victoria? You, yourself. I speak Spanish. Does Victoria speak Spanish? Yes, she does. In Spanish, can you go over to the guard that just shot Ash and take their firearm because that's the other action that you you chose to do right you were trying to do two different actions i was but i fi- I figure i would take the guy's shotgun who's yeah so you were torn between those two actions and then you did just choose in the end of the day to to take the shotgun instead right yes but i would like to take the shotgun of the one standing in front perfect. of perfect so he doesn't shoot me in the back if i go for the other one right so you have gone over to the guard that just shot ash that guard looks shocked at what they just did, realizing they shot a not a prisoner, the person didn't have a weapon, and they'd never discharged their weapon before. And can you just do a quick scene with this guard in uh, on Espanol? Sure. So what does Victoria say to them as she takes the gun from their senseless hands? In Spanish, but I'll just say it in English for folks who might not understand. Sure. I'll just say, you know, it's okay, you're just doing your job here. Let me take this so you can help me out. Mira, está bien. Solo estabas haciendo tu trabajo. Venga. Pásemela y después me puedes ayudar a rescatar los otros. Perfect. Ash, you're not too sure, but when you look up from flat on your back, you see two of Victoria. Oh, mm. man. Yes, I am dying. <laughs> <laughs> this must be what death is. <laughs> and this is a longer one. But what happens, Victoria, is that there are two of you standing in the street right now one holding a shotgun the other not and talking to this guy who thinks you look a lot like his ex and the one holding the shotgun does not have any ability to speak any other language other than spanish the one without the shotgun who's chatting that one speaks every language that victoria normally can except spanish (laughs) (laughs) i owe you a dollar on the ground Two of you are standing up. What would you like to do now? I stand up. You get up, Ash, surprised, and you start to feel really hot and really cold at the same time, and your skin all over you from the heels of your feet to the top of your head starts to itch horribly, but it passes within moments. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's two, Victoria... (laughs) And I'm not dead. Can I turn around 
Does the prisoner make any progress with the car or no? Yeah, he's got the door open and he's trying to pull the person out. But this person is a large, overweight person. In fact, it looks like there are three McDonald's brown bags sitting next to the seat. They are that they are huge in the car and they are definitely unconscious and there's a trickle of blood coming out of their ear. Oh no. I go over. I wobble over. <laughs> there's still popping sounds coming out of you. Mm, that's why I'm wobbling. <laughs> i'm just gonna go try to help i don't know <laughs> all right you move to help henry what are you doing laying down on the ground i am just contemplating everything that happened and i'm going to come to my senses once i start hearing people shouting and stuff who are in need of help and i will immediately jump up and do i see ash trying to help uh are like waddling over to the gentleman who is being trying to be held by a prisoner. Absolutely. But before you do jump up, as you lay there bewildered at your fate, mm-hmm. you actually start to feel disconnected from your body, floating as though you're looking out through somebody else's eyes. But as you jump to your feet, it, that moment passes as you recollect yourself and you do in fact see Victoria holding a shotgun, Victoria not holding a shotgun, and Ash wobbling over to help somebody in a vehicle. But they're on the other side of the street and you're just on the corner. They're maybe 150 yards away from you. And you probably rattle your head a little bit and bang it because you're seeing two of Victoria. Yeah, I'm going to stare at the two Victoria's head going like left and right between the two and just go, I didn't notice her sister. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just like uh, quickly run to help out. Perfect. You dash over to aid and assist. And what do you do, Victoria? I'm assuming the the one that clone just got the shotgun from is still kind of bewildered. So I'll have shotgun Victoria kind of waddle over and point it at the portly guard while regular Victoria holds out her hands and just goes, if you would kindly hand me the shotgun. He looks at you and then looks past you and sees other you holding a shotgun and he jerks on the trigger and other you holding the shotgun does in fact take a back full of buckshot knocking you forward does the gun fall from your grip or doesn't it i try to keep my grip on it cool you are thrown to the ground almost in the exact same spot that ash was thrown to the ground but ash you're far enough away now and Victoria took the bulk of the buckshot that you're not hit at all, and neither is the prisoner. However, a couple of the small pellets hit and ping into the vehicle that you're trying to pull this large, large man out of. And that picture that I put up earlier, OG, actually applies to Victoria as well, because you also happen to have a dot of mega stamina, and the enhancement that came with that for your character as well, is regeneration. So that character begins to experience the popping popcorn sound of all of the shrapnel fly out of her back. As Henry's running over there, would Henry have saw that guard shooting Victoria? Absolutely. Henry sees this happen. He runs in that direction. I assume I'm behind the guard, and I'm going to sock him in the back of the head (laughs) to attempt to knock him out. For, for shooting on my new friend. I'll be fair. You're, you're running like 150 yards 
to to get over there. You're running and everyone hears you coming. So I don't know if you're going to get to punch him in the back of the head because it's not an immediate action. Well, I, I will punch him in the head area. <laughs> so n- no one really sees you coming because they're all watching Victoria and you hear the popcorn sounds as little pellets of buckshot pop out of Victoria as you come running up and slug this guard who's not carrying a shotgun right under the ear in that mean spot. I hear the popping and I go, can I have one thing? No. (laughs) (laughs) So you tell me what happens when you punch the guard. So as I come up and I have to jump the punch him, I assume he's a taller man than I am. But to be really cool, I'm going to like jump up and do like a, a downward punch, you know, at his like side of his face. The Superman punch? The Superman punch. And what happens to the guard? I would assume he would fall down on the ground, either prone or unconscious. I, I would not have held back my punch. I will choose unconscious, not prone. So he just stands there, knocked out. He just stands there wobbling with his head you just kind of wobble there and then he slowly begins to topple but only just falls to his knees he's definitely unconscious though (laughs) no you gotta gotta go down all the way and i'll like push him down (laughs) gently to like till he's like on the ground proper (laughs) just gently lay him out okay and then i'll look at victoria who's down on the ground and just go uh, you okay? And I look back at both of them and just go, I don't know y'all's names. <laughs> There's the two Victorias standing there and Ash standing there and you're, Ash is helping the guy out. You've almost got him out of the vehicle. There is a, a woof from the vehicle itself as something on the inside of it catches fire. Oh no. Uh, oh no. <laughs> It's just, it's us we're trying to get him out. There's nothing else like, please, sir. (laughs) Mostly got him out and his right leg has gotten caught under the clutch or the emergency parking brake in his vehicle. I know I cannot, but I want to try to move it or like, like yank at it or something. Yeah, you're yanking away and you feel like you've got the wrong angle at getting him out. Oh no. Um, Help. (laughs) Uh, at, at that, Henry will immediately turn and start running toward the noise of help. Okay, so he runs over, and what's Victoria doing? Well, I mean, now that I have the two shotguns, I guess I'm the captain now. <laughs> this is my ship. So you say that in English and in Espanol. You take the sunglasses from the unconscious body and put it on you. Definitely. <laughs> you spin the two shotguns just... Back to back, like buddy cop film style. Yeah, somehow you have um, a cowboy hat. Just I will instruct. I'll call the clone B two because I've been playing a bunch of near automata. So I'll have her fire a shot into the air to get everyone's attention. Is somebody shooting me again? <laughs> the air, not a person. I know, but I just hear it. And then real Victoria will walk over to the third guard and get the third shotgun. We'll have to pause on that. One of the Victorias walks over to get the shot, one the shotgun from the third guard. Meanwhile, though, Ash, you need to do something. Ash has panicked, but Ash is the type of person that lives life to the fullest and would respond in the situation. So what does Ash attempt to do after tugging on the leg doesn't work i was saying i wanted to like tug at the emergency brake but i don't think that would work there's something there's fire something has woofed inside the vehicle on the underside of it and i can't see what it 
What woomfed? No. Okay. That leg is caught under the parking brake, but you can't pull on him to get it out. You have to like get in there and, and manipulate the the foot or get his shoe off or is the car smushed or is it like still the car but it's just the front is crunched in the the, oh. the the vehicle itself you could get in there easily the door is open and you're pulling this 300 pound man out through that open yeah door. I'm gonna get inside that car <laughs> do you run around and go through the passenger door or do you climb over the body of the 300 pound man really awkwardly and get into the vehicle I'm gonna do that <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you awkwardly climb over this guy fitting your way in through the front side door henry runs up do you start pulling on the guy then and helping the prisoner yeah i would help pull the man and i would use like all my like strength to just pull regardless of because i assume that there he's just heavy and that he's not stuck so i'm like oh i'll help i'm i'm kind of stuck strong. yeah okay <laughs> He's stuck. I would say you could make a brawl might check, but he is just stuck. You pick him up with all of your prodigious strength and he is just stuck there. But the prisoner's trying to help you too. Do you make eye contact with him at all? Yeah. I would look up at him and acknowledge his existence. What do you say to him? I'm going to assume Henry did not see the back of this orange jumpsuit, that he just thinks it's another community service member. Thinking that since he didn't notice the twin sister of Victoria, <laughs> that he just probably didn't notice, like, the other person. All right, sure. Um, yeah, he just naturally assumes this other prisoner guy is just a community service member. And he just looks up and he just goes like, I hope this goes to our community service hours. <laughs> <laughs> and the prisoner says, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> for sure the the 300 pound man suddenly comes free from within as ash has manipulated that foot on the other side of the parking brake and his entire and of course because there's two big burly guys pulling him he's just suddenly eight feet further away as the two of you fall backwards with him and you step in a big puddle of blood henry as you step backwards, your foot slips a little oh, bit no. because that is where two of your fellow community service members got shot moments ago. Watch out for my blood. I got shot. <laughs> and Ash, something tickles. What is it that tickles your character? <laughs> when I pushed the guy out, I knocked in to the glove compartment and a good old copy of Nick Magazine from the early 2000s, it's not in print anymore, tumbles out, and there's just a comic strip, and I forget that I'm in all this chaos for a moment, and I look at this little comic strip, and I go, oh man, slime time, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to assume that Ash is slowly clapping as well, while all of that is happening. And then there's a tickling on the back of my neck. (laughs) Good for me. I've freed everything. You chuckle. You see the Nick magazine and suddenly the Nick magazine is gone and everything in the vehicle is gone. Mm -hmm. This is a 1980s Chevrolet, let's say, with that vinyl seating and whatnot. And it just goes up like nobody's business. And the material, the, the foam 
the probably very broken down foam that that creates the sponginess of those seats it's super flammable as well the whole entire vehicle is just a fire trap waiting to happen and the whole thing goes up like fireworks on the 4th of july this is so fitting all of those things are immediately burned but ash all of that heat all of the fire all of the energy of that burning is immediately sucked into you as you turn an ice cold that tickle happens and you feel really really freezing as all of this heat rushes into your body suffusing you with life and this like feeling of irradiating energy and your eyes glow and I have put a power on the screen here for you as your character has absorbed all of the heat from the explosion of that vehicle. Now, to the two Victorias and to Henry, you hear a loud woomph, but the vehicle doesn't explode and you almost don't see any fire at all other than a little flash. But when Ash gets out of the vehicle and sees you, Ash's eyes don't look normal anymore. Ash's eyes look... Could you please describe your eyes for me, Liz? They look like they're black holes. Oh my god. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Also, just as a quick side thing, when absorption, I was like, wow, I can't believe I have the power of suck. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like sucking in the flames? Yes. Oh, that's that's so metal. (laughs) Sick. And what does your character say to Henry and the prisoner as you step out of the Chevrolet? This is so cool and terrifying. And also... Your voice has this crackle to it. There is a a burning texture to your voice. And when you speak... It sounds as though there's a warm fire on a cold Christmas day crackling in a wood cabin or a big oil can fire that a bunch of homeless people surround in the evening on a dusky fall night and warm their hands in front of. Your voice has this potentiality of destruction from within as something about your character now has this irradiating energy within you meanwhile victoria you've gone over to the third guard and what do you say hi i'm conscripting you to the surgical team And I'll just point to the other Victoria that has a shotgun as well. Something happens when you say that to him. You make eye contact or something strange occurs. You look at this guard. You note a whole bunch of things about him because you've got this, you know, pretty reasonable perception and awareness skill. You've got this massive intelligence. You read this guy as soon as you, you look at him and you tell him what you want and he immediately falls into line as though he's like some sort of robot not not exactly but he does immediately begin to do exactly as you ask of him because there's something about the way in which you speak there's a hypnotic quality to it and he falls into an easy trance and does the next thing you ask of him to do however and espanol victoria also walks over she also 
looks at the guard. She does not say anything and notes as well the situation here because that guard was being approached by those three prisoners and those three guys have gathered up a whole bunch of chain and they look like they're going to try to they were going to try to take the shotgun i think i'll just turn to the group of approaching prisoners cock the shotgun and go hi you're also on the medical team (laughs) (laughs) one of them immediately falls into that sort of robotic stance that the prison guard did and he drops the chain he has and nods dumbly the one in the middle though glares at you angrily and can you just make a quick perception medicine check five successes in 110 wow okay yeah then that is five successes and you note he has a really 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 bad sunburn and it looks almost though like the skin around his chin and his hands suffusing kind of uh, pulsating red glow that's coming from those crackles. I guess I'll just aim the shotgun and go, you'll notice the lack of an upward inflection at the end of the statement. The, the prisoner on the right, the one who did not immediately kowtow to your hypnotic gaze and request, he looks at the middle guy and sees a fight about to start between an angry guy and three shotguns. And he knows which side he's on, so he drops his length of chain and tries to move about six feet away from the conflict off to the side. Not running backwards, just trying to move out of the way of any spray of shotgun buckshot. But the guy in the middle does not look like he's having any. I've seen a lot of weird stuff right now. And this dude likes he looks like he might be privy. To some of the effects. I'm going to call Henry over. How do you call Henry over? Henry, there's a gentleman who's not amenable to helping these people out. Henry's like looking at his blood touch shoes and he's kind of like, that's a, what? <laughs> and he wa- walks over and he's like, my veins, my, my veins. <laughs> he's crying. He wipes like his tears away. But he, he walks over. There are, I don't know how many people need help and you are not helping. Okay, what's going on? So we can solve this, so we can go back to helping maybe someone uh, not as heavy. The guy on the left shuffles forward and stands next to the guard. And the guy in the middle, he opens his mouth to speak. But instead of words, a gout of lava washes out from his mouth, pouring across the front of his chest and splattering towards both Victoria and Henry. If you both could please make dexterity athletics checks to get out of That's not helping. One success. With that one success, you may choose to take damage or drop the shotgun into the lava. What would you like to do? I'll drop the shotgun. I still have two. (laughs) And how many successes did Henry get? Zero successes, two ones. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, Henry, tell me what you do when you meet the lava. What happens then? After seeing the lava initially as it slowly pours out of his mouth, being like, you know, that's not helping. And seeing it come in, I'm just going to like shield myself, (laughs) like block it instead of moving. (laughs) But inside my head, I just go, my vans. But he he stands firm where he is. As even in in this moment, he's not going to step down. From another like bully i guess since he's trying to cause problems okay 
So as Henry does all of this, his skin once again does the strange thing that it would normally do for invulnerability, but he's only really invulnerable to physical damage and maybe a few other things. He's not invulnerable to lava. However, so something happens to him. That's, what happens to his beanie? That's the real question. Yeah, his beanie is invulnerable too. Awesome, okay. Hopefully it survives the lava. Yeah, everything you're currently wearing is invulnerable. It has the same powers that okay. you have. When your character is hit by the lava, you do take damage. There is nothing you can do about that. You will need to make a stamina resistance check against six damage, and you'll have some suffering there. But you do have some bonuses to your, to your rolls because you do have a dot of mega stamina. Because... This ability suddenly reveals itself as your character develops this hardened, crust-like surface on your body as your adaptability tries to live and survive in a lava environment much like those creatures exist in the Marianas Trench. Your character tries to do or build an immunity or an ability to survive there. It can't, but it at least attempts. So you have an additional two dice on this stamina resistance check, which I believe for Henry is normally five dice. So you have seven dice, including one mega stamina. Now you can choose to spend that mega stamina as a success ahead of time, or you may roll it and then keep any tens on the on the roll as two successes. You may also choose to spend willpower as well. I don't have anything in resistance. Every single character has three endurance and three resistance. That's just something that everybody Oh, gets. okay. I'll have it as a auto. Perfect. So you're down to only needing five successes. Now, you also could spend a willpower if you'd like for an additional success. Five successes. With your seven successes, the hard blackened crust that you developed prior to getting washed with magma as you, instead of backing away, rushed towards the guy, protects you you and all of your skin is including the skin that's uh partly exposed and then a little bit that's underneath is all blasted clean off of you and you have a fresh coat of skin it's distinctly noticeable because you are an outdoorsy type worker you have no suntan on this skin it is my tan as pale as it is in the depth of winter first my vans and now my tans <laughs> you're also wearing a pair of ray-bans and those are gone as well no my bands. No. keep that pun going <laughs> my van my vans tans and bands Oh my. Okay, so I'm now charging at this guy? I mean, you kind of went to go backwards, slipped. How, you choose to tell me how you're acting at this point. Yeah, I mean, he uh, is making the situation worse. He assaulted me with his spit lava. He's not no Charizard. I don't need to take this. And yeah, I, I would charge at the guy after after that to, you know, I guess sock him in, <laughs> sock him in his face. He is still gushing lava from his face. It might not be a good idea to aim a fist that you just barely survived lava from at him again in that regards. That'd be like the side of his face. <laughs> sure, yeah. Right in that ear again. Go for it. Can you just make a strength brawl or a... I'll do a strength brawl. And can I do a, use a willpower? So that adds a die, right? You can choose to spend it beforehand and it's an automatic success. Okay. Or you can spend it afterwards to get an additional uh, die. I'll spend one willpower now. Roll it up. Yeah. 
two successes and they're both tens. Okay, that's two successes for you and he defends against your punch to the ear so it does no damage. Okay. So you have punched him in the side of the Man, face. And as I punch him, I'm going to scream really loudly. Like like a charging. Like, okay, what do you scream? Just just like, <laughs> as I like charge the punch him. To, for one, because that's what cool people do. And for a second, to bring attention. <laughs> Everybody hears him go, Aww. and you can choose to have heard this or not because he Henry is yelling and the guy <laughs> is gushing lava from his mouth. But anybody who would like to make a wits report check will automatically succeed as the large, angry-looking prisoner guy cries out with the lava pouring out of his mouth, What is happening to me? It's hard to make out, but you could make that out based on body language and posture and his eyes as uh, all the lava comes out of him. What would anybody else like to do? No, so he's like a really nice dude. (laughs) I was trying to punch him. I feel bad now. (laughs) He's not a nice person. Like, you definitely got that. He was moving over to attack. But anybody who has lava suddenly coming out... (laughs) Might be concerned. I mean, even Hawaii is at this point saying, what is happening to me? (gasps) Too soon? Too soon. Especially what happened. Probably not in September. Unless it's still going. And then I'm really sorry, Hawaii. (laughs) Are my eyes still, like, weird? Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to go away. Oh, okay. (laughs) Dang. This guy has lava pouring out of his mouth i don't know how i've worked my powers go web i don't know absorb the lava me <laughs> all right you want to move over and try I to guess. absorb the go go gadget lava sponge you feel chock full to bursting right now oh you have absorbed a whole bunch of energy and you don't necessarily feel you can take more in well Uh, As you move forward, as Henry kind of steps back so he does not get hit by another gout of lava, this guy, the lava keeps issuing forth from him, and it starts to gather around his feet. He starts to whittle away. What would anybody like to do while he's flowing over? I'll instruct the hypnotized guard and prisoner to rally the prisoners around that haven't escaped and try to get them to start pulling people from the wreckage. And I want to punch him. I want to try to, if I feel like I'm going to burst, I don't know, I'm going to just punch him. I don't want all this energy in me. See if I could get it out by punching the lava, man. I will note that the absorption power, if you've given it a read, yeah. does not play exactly like that. That There is something that will happen from that energy. It's just not that, and it'll come all too okay. soon. But... When you punch him, you do a regular old punch, but he is mostly volcanic lava at this point. You're not really doing anything to him, as it were. If Xander had gotten more successes, he might have been able to knock the guy out, but I don't think that would have stopped the lava either. It continues to flow from him, and it's starting to create a melting asphalt area off to the side of the road. We're right on the shoulder here, and that area, the... The asphalt is starting to bubble and melt as well, much like newly laid asphalt poured onto the streets. And he himself is starting to sink into the ground. Mm. The two guards do not seem to be uh, affected by your like the power of your voice. It actually just sounds like a reasonable suggestion that anybody would probably do. And the third guard, one of the more in-command ones, I don't know which one that is. Let's just say it's the first one who thinks you look like his ex. He 
says, that sounds like a great idea, let's get on that, and starts trying to get the prisoners, but they do separate two prisoners and put them back in, and try to get them put back into the bus, because they're not, they're probably not good people, and they probably wouldn't actually rescue people. There is a, the, the ninth, there was ten prisoners on the side of the road, and that one prisoner that was trying to run off into the woods, he got away. He's actually out into the woods and gone now. In the intermittent silence, <laughs> I'm just thinking of like what to do. Because right mm-hmm. now there's a moment as lava guy sinks and the prisoners all begin to uh, to help pull people out. You hear sirens coming up the road that are both police sirens and fire sirens as well as ambulance sirens and it's just a cacophony of noise but all of that is drowned out by a loud roaring rumble and can i just get perception awareness checks from everybody one success but one fail as a one (laughs) so yeah so nothing so those cancel each other out and Liz, your character goes, what's that rumbling sound? And does the hands to either side at her shoulders, uh, palms up raised. Just, what? How about you, Henry? Sevens are successes, right? Correct. Two successes. Okay. So five. What? Successes. Five out of six. Great job. It's paying me back for all the terrible ones. And now it's pushing it on to me. Got hit by a car and I get hit by lava. So (laughs) two things happen after Ash raises both hands up and wonders what's going on. Victoria, you are suddenly in a plane that's overhead. Time seems to go very, very quickly as this plane veers over the city, banks and clips a building and then sharply crashes into the road taking out a whole bunch of buildings a couple of miles down the road. The building sags, and a whole bunch of people are milling about, and you see a yellow school bus full of tourists from your position in the plane. And then your attention, your perception, your mind snaps back to where you are right now, and you hear the loud rumbling, and you look up, and Henry sees... A can you name an airline for me? Wingfall. Not the most uplifting sound of an airline company, <laughs> but nonetheless, they are seeing some modicum of success uh, keeping their planes aloft. However, this one appears to have been hit by an EMP pulse that all of you were subjected to and has fallen out of the sky and has been falling for the last several minutes. It passes overhead and does exactly as Victoria just saw in her mind. Now, Victoria, you're standing there. You are all snapped back. There is one Victoria now. There is no second Victoria any longer suddenly. And the one Victoria watches the plane from your own personal angle with Henry next to you as this plane crashes out of the sky. Oh, is there another eclipse? What is happening? What? (laughs) Guys, I think it's going to start raining. I just heard thunder. Every time I leave the house, this happens. Uh. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this is just like a normal Tuesday. 
Henry, you don't know what the rumbling is. You definitely see the plane fly overhead, though. At that point, doesn't matter how many failures you'd get. You do see the plane go down the street that is where the off-ramp would be. You're right at the off-ramp. The street's just down below you. There's a bridge just off to the side there that I had forgotten to explain earlier with that road. And that road leads out a couple of miles, and that's where the plane crashes. Henry, no longer caring for the sinking lava man, is just going to go, well, he's kind of sunk. <laughs> so is that plane. I'll follow. Let's go over there. I think we're now superheroes. And I'll start, like, running, hoping that the other two follow suit. Perfect. Are you going to run around the ramp to get down? or Because you're you're up. There's a little bridge there that the road runs underneath you. There's no traffic on it. That road, I don't know if you guys remember the name of the road earlier. The, The name of that road is North Kingswood. And that just so happens to be the exact same road you're over top right now. Leading into a more rundown neighborhood. Not like Skid Row or Compton. Just just a rundown neighborhood in Los Angeles suburb. So we're like on like an overpass bridge and we have to get down to where the plane is i'll shout after them we can just take a car i'll follow henry sprints off towards the crashing plane what do the other two of you do i i don't remember the community service bus being harmed so i'm sure we could take that one but you said we're like on an overpass right so like the plane is down below onto a street that's below us yes so we're on higher elevation yeah there is an overpass that's where all the traffic and the accidents have happened is right off to that off-ramp you might be able to find a a vehicle i don't know how many of you are good at mechanics to do that i have put up another power that is for victoria victoria somehow or other you are able to glimpse the future and moments of danger and moments of trauma you may also glimpse the past at some point as well when this happens though you kind of phase a little bit and victoria herself whenever she speaks from this point on there is a either a slight jump ahead or a slight delay depending on how you're looking at it but there are essentially two copies of your voice speaking at any given time i can be a time ventriloquist whenever you talk now people will be able to hear your voice slightly before you speak. (laughs) Henry's still running. I'm going to jump over the overpass because thinking that I'm now a superhero and and surviving a truck hitting me in lava, I'm like... I took a bullet. (laughs) Like, I'm invincible. I'm like Superman. My legs can reheal. (laughs) I'm just going to jump over. Can I get a Henry strength athletics check then to fall off the overpass? Okay. Two successes. Okay, yeah, you definitely fall. You try to roll, but you end up just splatting onto the ground below as you fall the 40 feet or so you need to to clear the ground there. (laughs) You don't dent the ground beneath you as you hit the asphalt there because your body absorbs it as your invulnerability kicks in and and (laughs) once again, you're you're without harm, but it doesn't look graceful. The, The beginning of it does, you, you run up, you put a hand on the rail, you kick both legs out and go over, and it looks really awesome. And just belly flop. Might actually be just distracting enough to Ash. Ash, does your character remember how far down that overpass is, the road below? A lot. <laughs> a lot of feet. <laughs> a lot. 20-story <laughs> fall. 
so you remember it being pretty big, but you watch him just like jump like it was nothing. Do you follow suit or? As I read once in a Nick magazine, right before it blew up, it's slime time. And I jump also. <laughs> As you go to jump, Jem calls out and says, no, wait, that's certain death. And at the same time, Jem's phone rings, which is strange because that pulse that went through earlier, not that any of you would have known because you didn't keep any electronics on you, but that EMP took out all of the electronics and all of the car's electronics and all of everything around you was dead. And it is interesting that suddenly out of nowhere, Jem's phone rings. So those two things kind of distract Ash enough that I will give you a two-die penalty on your dexterity uh, your strength or dexterity athletics check to jump off the edge of the building so i roll two dice less right well i got two successes one was a 10 ash that was not enough to land 40 foot jump well enough however the energy that's inside of you as you're falling towards the ground bursts out of you and oh. you hover 10 feet oh hell yeah above the ground <laughs> oh hell yeah oh that's so cool that black <laughs> crackle and energy pulsing out of you as the energy that you absorbed from the vehicle grants you flight oh hell yeah now i want to fly <laughs> you don't see this victoria you just see two people jump off an overpass <laughs> and Victoria is brilliant, one of the smartest minds in the world. She knows how far down that is <laughs> and what happens to a body when it reaches near terminal velocity. Yeah, I'm not making that jump. I'm going to see if the bus is still operational and maybe Jem will drive me down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before I do walk over there, though, I will just drop the shotgun on the ground and like call out to like the nearest guard and just be like, hey, hey that's, that's for you. For you. Sorry, Sorry about, about that, that hot, hot, you know, yeah, the hostile, hostile takeover, takeover thing. thing. Kind of and a crazy, crazy time. time. I, I don't think I need it going down there. And they may begrudge me keeping it. <laughs> You're not going to keep a shotgun? <laughs> You're no longer on the medical team. Jem is on the phone and is speaking with somebody on the phone and sounds panicked and concerned. I will look inside the bus and see if the keys happen to still be in the ignition. I've already, you know, intent to commit it. Armed assault, what's Grand Theft Auto to it? We'll try to drive the bus. Absolutely. The ignition <laughs> does not turn. There's no spark from the spark plug. I'll try to find Verum. Verum? Yes, for Verum. You don't see Verum anywhere. Then I will look for some mode of transportation that looks like it may still be viable. Okay, yeah. Uh, make a intelligence engineering check. I don't have engineering, so I just roll my intelligence die. That's right. Yep, just straight up intelligence. Five successes. On five yeah. dice. There are no working vehicles in this travesty that is around you. You are absolutely 100% positive, and you don't waste any time on it. You know for a fact that none of those vehicles would even make it around <laughs> the off-ramp and be able to be driven <laughs> down Kingswood at all. I'll start jogging down the ramp, and as I walk past, I'll just look down, expecting, like, a puddle of human viscera. You begin to jog, and it... It feels like a jog, but it also feels like time slips on you as you jog around the overpass down to where it meets North Kingswood. And 
as you do so, I'll click and add a superpower to your character called hyper movement as you move faster than the eye can almost even see. Uh, you are a blur as you spin around the off-ramp and rejoin the group where Henry looks just like Henry picking himself up off the ground. I get up and I just give a thumbs up <laughs> and I turn my head and I just go like, all right, dollar, great. Where's your sister? Ash is a flying black glowing god and you are a blur to the mind's eye. What do you say when you run up to them? And Henry, you clearly hear Victoria say this twice. I will click my tongue and I'll just look at Henry and, o and go, I owe I you a dollar. dollar. I do a flip. <laughs> the flip turns into two or three <laughs> as you kind of lose control, not knowing how you're flying at all. And you actually go up on top of the overpass again and you're flying up there. <laughs> and Jem lets out a screech as she sees you. Give me the phone flying and she says oh my god are you hurt yeah i'm good her eyes open wide she pales considerably i fly back down the unintentional consequences of your intimidating aura and at uh, um, appearance shocks and startles her and she just numbly gives you the phone sure <laughs> <laughs> You can hear someone on the other line of on their end of the phone, and you hear a young child's voice say, Mommy? Hello? Ah, the devil! No. I know. I know. Well, you remember what is going on with your voice right now. I try to. <laughs> no, no. Where'd my mommy go? The sitter's hurt. I'm trapped. Where are you trapped? Oh, At home. Where's home? There's a long pause. <laughs> and then this small child says, I don't know. Home is home. What's around you? My blankie, <laughs> some some shirts, uh, other mommy's dress suits, um, mommy's bedazzled yellow rain boots. Great, great. <laughs> okay, um, BRB. <laughs> Sorry, I took your phone, man. <laughs> and I toss it back. She's standing at the edge, and you fly the phone over to her. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry. She's like, you have to help. The plane clipped the building. It's we're, we live just on North Kingswood. Okay. My daughter was home with my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is non-responsive, and my daughter climbed into the closet, and the building is shaking. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Let me just... That's when you hear Henry just go like, Can you stop yo-yoing? We gotta get to the plane. Hey, what is the specific address for your building? Henry perks up and just goes, Where? She gives you the specific address, which is right on North Kings. Oh, I know where that is. That is so great. I will be right there. And then I fly back down and I go, Hey guys, um, Jem's kid is kind of stuck in, the, in a building. And I give them the address. Okay. The specific address. Can I roll, like, awareness to see, like, the, the, like, numbers on, like, the building so I know which direction to run in? Yeah, I'm gonna say you don't need to make that roll. You already know which direction to run in because you know where the plane went. And it's <laughs> just straight down this road. However, when Ash says the address, Victoria, you can't help but suppress a moment of shock. Is that 
building that is hit is kitty corner to the medical clinic you volunteer at. Guys, I think I know how to fix this. I just have to fly around the world and just reverse the rotation to go back in time. Oh, like Superman. Yeah, exactly like Superman. I don't think you can fly that fast. Me neither. To be honest, you know, I just, I doubted it as I was saying it. So let's go. And it's at this point that your flight gives out. Oh no. Tumble onto the street below. Oh. And not knowing how to re-engage the flight, uh, you're stuck on the street. But the three of you do begin to proceed as quickly as you can down the road. It does take some time to walk down the road. This turn off here, there's no real homes or whatnot. There's a large expanse of like dry scree and shrubberies. There's a fenced off portion to an industrial complex that's closed, that's on the right hand side. It's like a Tesla dealership or something, but not a car manufacturer, so something like that. And when you pass that, there is a vehicle on the side of the road. And we go from there. Uh, Is there anybody in the vehicle it's just parked on the side of the road turned off uh, just parked there can i get like get in it and see if it can turn on if there's keys the doors are locked (laughs) punch the window (laughs) all right you punch the window i i don't think it'll break based Uh, on your character's strength and uh, oh no and might henry will go over and be like what are you doing i'm trying to get in the car that's stealing that's wrong (laughs) But it would get us to help people faster. Uh, you see he like kind of sucks in his lips a little bit as he ponders this. Is Victoria going to say anything or do anything? It's okay. I know the owner. He'd be totally fine with me borrowing it. Yeah, she knows the owner. Oh. This is Todd's car. He's great. Yeah. Salt oh, of yeah. the earth. Todd? Oh, yeah, she, yeah, Victoria's telling me all about Todd on the bus. Oh my gosh. Great guy. He would want us to take it. Okay. And I'm going to punch the window out. <laughs> Just make a uh, a manipulation subterfuge check, if you could, Victoria, oh. to see how believable that yeah. is. However, wouldn't you say you are rather cunning? I would. So as a result, you get an automatic success from that. So that makes uh, three successes, two of those tens. Yep, that's just a normal check for you. Sorry, you do have a mega manipulation. So yes, those tens, because you didn't take the auto success, count as doubled. So that's a, that's four successes. Normally, Henry, you would make a wits rapport check, but since you only have two dice in that, we're just going to say that's a success. I'll punch the window out. Like, I, Why would my friends lie to me? Exactly. My newfound new friends. friends. Roll a strength plus might check. Oh, that's so many dice. Well, thankfully, it's just an app, so you don't yeah. have to roll a mitful. That's seven successes. You just got seven I successes have 10, on seven 8, dice. Eight, seven, 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 two. Seven successes. Roll damage. Now, what damage is in this is you get to take your additional successes above a minimum threshold. The minimum threshold was three, so in this instance, you get four additional dice for damage, and so now you will roll your strength plus those additional dice as damage against the window and the window only needs three successes this is why white wolf is complicated because you'll roll to hit and then once you've hit you've got to add up a new pool to now roll damage and that's what slows combat down precipitously 
in this game. Three. That is not quite enough. You crack the glass. Thankfully, your fists are invulnerable to the damage that you would be impacting upon them when you hit the window. You punch the window a few more times and it breaks. But while you're punching it, everybody else hears the sound of a bus coming around the embankment. And you see the handy bus that you were in earlier. It's about half full of garbage, because that's how much time you'd spent doing that. Come around the embankment and drive up to you. Can I see who's driving? Yeah, you go to take a look. There is no one driving. What? Let's get on the magic school bus. Oh, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) I was like, we're going on a ride with Miss Frizzle. Stranger danger. God, I knew I should have stayed home today. I guess, does it stop or is it just like barreling it towards us? It stops right up to you, right, right next to you, and the door opens. Well, I see nothing suspicious about this at all. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we can leave Todd. And I look at Victoria, I'm like, that was his name, right? Todd, I, that, let's leave Todd's car alone. You succeed at breaking the window, uh, Henry. Okay, I'll fist through and go like, what? Oh. We'll leave an IOU. <laughs> yeah, Victoria, you can you know, pass my info along. Oh, oh, oh. We will send Todd an edible arrangement. It'll be fine. (laughs) Like like pineapples. (laughs) You see him trying to remember... I'm getting uh, in the bus. (laughs) Henry gets in the bus. The bus goes... Vroom, vroom. Kind of goes like it hitches when it revs the engine. It goes... Ver, vroom. Viverum? Is that you? <laughs> the horn honks. This is your bus sauna? <laughs> <laughs> Are y'all getting in? Or am I riding this baby solo? Yeah, I get inside. <laughs> I'm following through. Somehow after the the Wicked Witch Prisoner of Magma, the, the, the bus person just doesn't seem that weird. Yeah, I get, I get inside Viverum. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I have black holes for eyes now. This is the least of my worries. (laughs) The bus starts up and drives down the road with no one at the wheel. Where are you guys sitting? I want to sit in the driver's seat. (laughs) I sit in the seat behind the driver's seat and I just go, this is where the nerds sit. It's like (laughs) high school all over again. I will sit on the left side window seat at the front where I sat the entirety of my last semester of high school. That sounds pretty disappointing. <laughs> and Well, if we're talking high school, <laughs> I guess I should just get out of the bus. The bus drives down damaged roads. It looks like the EMP has taken out street signs and there's accidents and it drives around them. And can I just get a quick perception awareness check from everyone as the bus drives up to something? One success. So, no, not Ash. No. You're busy driving. Driving? I'm just, like, moving the wheel and it's not even working. <laughs> I'm just pretend like... Three successes, one of them a ten. Holy. I got one success and three ones. So, so yes, uh, you're trying to sleep, I guess? I'm really sad right now. I'm really just emotional today. <laughs> you know, actually, as a result, you kind of you kind of tune out, Henry. And you know when Ververum grabbed you by the shoulder and gave you that look in the eye and there was like that almost motherly or grandmotherly or a, a really dependable aunt moment between your character mm-hmm. and her? You can kind of hear her voice in your head. You can hear Ververum quietly mumbling and muttering, I'm driving the bus. There's no need for her to be in the seat. This is rather rude. I, I, I'm driving. There, there's no... That's really rude. She's the captain now. <laughs> no! Uh, am I the only one who hears this voice? I, You have no idea. Well, uh, but I do hear it, so I'm just going to tap 
on Ash's shoulder. Let's go. Um, I don't think she'd want you sitting there. Tuba, sitting there. Ververum, the bus lady. Thank you, young man. Do I hear that? No. Okay, I get up. Uh, sorry. And I sit down. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's okay. Well, it is now. You can hear her voice. It sounds like she can hear you guys, but none of you except for, um, Henry can hear her. Because... It seems you've developed this. I have telephony. <laughs> you have Telephonesis. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad joke. I'm glad yes, you I'm still to take a quick moment <laughs> and make sure. Liz, are you still recording? Perfect. And it, when you realize this, it blows out of proportion right then and there, Henry. Uh, you can hear Victoria's innermost thoughts. Victoria, what are you thinking about right now? Not only do our community service hours better count like tenfold for these shenanigans, but I'm doing field medic work out here. I better be paid extra by the hospital. What is Ash thinking about right now? I'm thinking, wow, that was weird what just happened. And then I'm thinking about that edible arrangement idea I had. I was like, hey, that's a good idea. Might want to save that for some of the people on the boat that I burned down. Maybe then they'll forgive me. And then I think about, I knew I should have stayed home today. (laughs) (laughs) So Henry, in turn, hearing these thoughts, just be like, um, uh, I don't think the hospital's gonna pay you anything for this. I don't think you're on the clock for them. And they might forgive you for edible arrangements. Those things are delicious. I know. They're great. I mean, what? And Victoria, how many successes did you get on that perception check? That was the three successes, there two tens. There is a wheelchair in the street ahead of you in the intersection, just near the corner of, you know, one of the corners of the intersection there. It's an overturned wheelchair and it looks to be bent in some horrible fashion. The successes are enough that you can see like a a patch of blood or something on the road there. And then further down the street away from you are some cars that are skewed and moved on the road. Can I try to see if that patch of blood leaves any leaves anywhere? Like, is there a trail or is it just an isolated patch? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But the bus is moving along. You'd need to have the bus stop or slow in order to do that. And before you get a chance to do that, I have a, a flashback that you have, Victoria. However, this is going to be narrated to us from Xander. Because I want to know if Henry ever went to visit the boy that he saved from the mugging in the hospital. Yeah, he would have visited. His name was Jason. He would have visited Jason while he was recovering in the hospital and would have brought him some edible arrangements. And he was really badly hurt from that attack from those other two thugs. What were the injuries that reduced him to being in a wheelchair? A broken spine along with some broken legs from being profusely kicked in that area. So he was probably never going to walk again. Most likely. Wow. Victoria, when you look upon that wheelchair, you get that flash, that scene of Henry visiting Jason in the hospital. And that moment when Henry tried to say the right thing to Jason and it came out wrong when Jason said well thanks for coming and Henry said it's all right just walk it off no (laughs) no 
<laughs> God, that actually would be what he would say. He, he would actually say, like, don't worry, bud. You can walk it off. And Victoria you know. says out loud those words while looking at the wheelchair. The bus comes to a quick stop for, for some undiscernible reason can't really tell yeah nobody's in the driver's seat so you can't really tell and henry can i just get a perception rapport check from you two successes we'll get to that in a moment okay the bus has come to a stop and you can see more clearly without needing of a perception check that the street is all ripped and torn on the other side of those cars where strips of pavement is pulled up exposing rebar where the rebar underneath or where the rebar should be and there is a scream down the road and a woman falls out of a car she was nursing a baby in her arms she's laying there on the ground and a car alarm sounds as a vehicle slides away from the woman revealing a young boy and henry you know that that is jason not because you saw him because you couldn't see him with the vehicle there but because you mentally sensed him. You knew he was there because you reached out and touched his mind. I'm trying really hard not to just go, Jason! Jason! <laughs> that one came. Henry would stand up and just go, Jason! And just like look in that general direction. The door on the bus opens. And Henry would run out. And what does everybody else do? Slime time, man. It's slime time. I follow. <laughs> As you step out of the bus... Ash, your foot does not touch the ground. Am I flying again? You, the player, know that yes, you are flying. Ash, the character, may believe that they just stepped out of the bus and are running towards what's going on. But that is not what's happening with the character. And Victoria? Nice. Did you say slime time out loud? Yes. I wander out of the bus and I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to recover from the flashback, but also being like, what is slime time? <laughs> so what does Victoria want to do? I mean, I'll follow them because it looks like there's some shenanigans that require medical remedy. Yeah. Are you concerned about the mother with the baby? Yeah, I'll check on the baby first. Is there anything else you would like to do at the same time? Also follow them because from being behind the car and the blood splatter, it looks like Jason might need some help. Absolutely. Yeah. You can see down the street, right in this area, that you're just coming up on the address of the apartment building. That it is just two buildings down from there. And there is a tour bus right there as well. There is a bunch of strange foreigners. A tour guide corralling 30 to 40 frightened people. And these people are all strange foreigners. They're not normal foreigners. They're like... Venezuelan nuns or something something you know a little more outlandish than just like Japanese tourists sort of thing so can anybody give me something that'd be pretty off the wall for types of foreigners that would be a tour bus guide of them Eskimos Inuits I like the idea of a large (laughs) tour bus of Inuit who have come down from upper northern Canada that are there I, I think that's brilliant so we'll just use half of your suggestion if you don't mind (laughs) okay no that's fine a group of people that do not speak english and also speak a language most assuredly none of you speak they're all standing there you see jason ash is flying towards victoria is trying to do more than one thing at a time and henry is doing what running toward jason perfect just (laughs) There are weird injuries to Jason. He seems to have 
rebar wrapped around him in certain places, and he is standing upright, and there is metal pieces of a vehicle or a motor or something that is connected or attached to him, and as you go running towards him, a piece of rebar shoots out from him towards you. And he's like, stay back! Jason, you can walk again! (laughs) It's a miracle! (laughs) He screams in agony and says, this isn't walking! Uh, Henry stops and really takes in the situation and goes, oh, it's better than walking, you're flying. I'll just more carefully examine what is going on with him somatically. You can make a medicine check. And Ash, what are you doing while Victoria's making a medicine check? Hey, hey, Jason, right? Am am I near him? Have I caught up? Oh, yeah, you're right up there. As you see Jason, you also see the building that the plane clipped crumble oh no i see it so it's crumbled so it's like gone oh gosh no just just it didn't collapse it just crumbles like a balustrade with a a crazy style gargoyle because this building is like an a really cool architectural marvel from the 60s and it has these crazy things at the top of it that part crumbles and breaks and falls crashing to the street below the uh, building is a five-story building and a, most of the fifth story has been damaged brutally by that wing that clipped it and a lot of the balconies on the front of the building have broken free and a couple of them have fallen to the ground below uh, it looks like the power's out in the building okay uh have i realized that i'm flying yet or no you could I want to be at the building that's crumbling then yeah i mean you could immediately fly to that building um, and, and then realize that you're flying because your your desire is taking you there. Whereas w- while your feet would want to carry you there, you fly over Jason as he shoots rebar at okay. uh, a frozen Henry. So last I heard is this isn't walking. And then Victoria came running up to do a couple of different things. What were you trying to do, Victoria? So the first thing is just a further examine what is happening to Jason. And I got Uh, three successes on that one it looks like a whole bunch of metal has been inserted into his body in a painful and arduous way the rebar from the street and pieces of his wheelchair are now embedded in inside of him it's supporting his limbs you don't know how must be agony upon those muscles and the musculature and it's definitely causing him agony. You're not too sure how it happened, though. And then also checking on the baby. The baby seems to be okay, but the mom has a contusion and might be concussed. Meanwhile, the tour bus of Inuits has moved closer to the crumbling building to take photographs of themselves in front of the large piece of balustrade that has fallen down. And I'm just like, what? I, I'm just I'm just stunned. I also don't know what happened to me. Oh, no. I'll instruct, I guess, the, the clone in some basic first aid for the mother. If you're trying to do more than one thing at a time, then your character will... Um, break into two different people those people actually can't communicate to each other very well at all because when you split your personage off it actually takes the language one of your languages with them and it is the only language that that clone speaks and it actually renders victoria unable to speak that language or understand it so if you split off you know multiples of yourself two or three or four because you have multiple languages that you can make use of 
those Victorias can go do stuff. They think their thoughts. They can do things perfectly fine, but they only speak one specific particular language. Now, when you hear the Inuits, this happens to your character, and you have developed a dot of mega intelligence which grants your character linguistic mastery. Now, your version of clone is a strange one, and it's largely due to Victoria herself and seems to have become time-based. Your precognition is such that you're able to experience time not in a linear fashion. And when you split off yourself, it's because time is not linear for you anymore. It's actually, you've become in essence, a fourth dimensional being. Victoria exists in multiple points in time and only has this linguistic difficulty because of the way in which her brain waves function. So you cannot exist in two places at time, in one point in time because your brain waves are a certain way. But if that part of you can only think in a certain way and speak a certain language and adjust your brain waves, it allows you to occupy two points in the same point of time so you can move time backwards and forwards and that's what gives you your hyper movement as well you simply just slow down time enough for yourself to move along a linear point rapidly so all of that mum scientific mumbo jumbo aside that's to explain the sudden eruption in victoria's mind and acquisition of a bunch of new languages as she suddenly grasps and understands the inuit tongue Meanwhile, Henry, that bit of rebar came shooting out at you and you froze in place. And I'm, I'm just going to accept it because your computer crashed and that was just a perfect moment. So I disappeared. I blinked out. What happens is that your skin completely reassembles itself, mostly because everything and every part of you is controlled by your brain waves at this point. Whatever has happened in your eruption and your nova potential as an aberrant, has now given you the ability to dominate other people. What this means is that you don't just have the basic version of dominate, you have the extra, which is listed at the very bottom, called possession. And your entire physical form vanishes and is imbued inside another individual. And so Jason freezes as well, as you assert control over his being and his ability to manipulate metal and control metal and make use of metal in, in various different ways and forms is now at your beck and call. You have access to his memories if you wish to experience them. You talk with his voice. He is there, but he's muted and he doesn't really know what's going on unless something really, really untoward were to happen, which would allow him to assert control, because you have suppressed his brainwaves and replaced them with your own. Since I'm now in Jason's body, am I able to use my legs? You're able to use Jason's legs with manipulating the metal that he has placed inside him. By bending the rebar, you allow him to walk. Oh, okay. Can I shape and form the rebar metal around me to make like a cool armor? Yes. And let's say that you've been spending the time to do that. Now, the rebar is not good at being a kind of metal, it's a kind of armor. It's just too thin and soft a metal for that. But there is a lot of metal 
all around you that would be very useful for that. You start to draw it from the environment around you. My intention of doing this is to, one, it just seems really cool to Henry to do this, but he also wants to show Jason that he can do cool shit with this because he knows that eventually he'll leave this body. You hope. So he just wants to show Jason that he can like do more than just be mad. What do you say to Jason in his head, in his own head? Jason, look, we've been given wondrous powers. We can save so many people. You can save so many people. Just look at what you can do. And that's as like I'm pulling metal to reshape it to look like really cool armor, particularly in the like veins of like Gundam looking outfit. Gotta stop being angry. Come on, look how fun this is going to be. All right, good enough. You're not too sure if he could hear you because you are suppressing his brainwaves, but I like it. You can have a point of willpower. Okay, cool. Ash, you've flown over to the building. You're around the third floor. Do you remember where the child was? They're on the third floor. Are they in the apartment that has a balcony or are they on a backside apartment that doesn't have a balcony? The backside. So you're at the front of the building and there is a balcony that has fallen off right in front and it has landed on the steps below and the doors, the glass doors have also fallen out and the plastic vinyl blinds, the big long ones mm-hmm. that run up and down in front of a glass door, they're like blowing in and out with the breeze and uh, there seems to be something going on inside the building itself. I'm going to go in. Make a quick perception check. So that's one success. Is not enough to smell the gas that is coming out of the oven that has been bent aside. And there's a natural gas leak. And when you fly in, it erupts and a huge lick of flame comes washing across you. And your body, of course, goes cold, absorbs it. And then this other really, really amazing thing happens to your character as... She just lights up in that black, coruscating, pulsing energy that comes off of her. As the fire erupts, she continues to fly, but she also immolates into this black burning essence. It's not really clear. It's not quite fire, but it's it's something. As you pass through, the vinyl melts right around you, and you enter into the uh, apartment itself. Oh, no. There's no one in there. There's nobody anywhere in this one. Not in this apartment, no. Well, time to check another apartment. But the resulting explosion causes the building to shudder. And Henry... You can feel the metal in the building creak. You can almost like see it like a 3D rendering of like an echolocation as you feel the metal start to give way in the building itself. And Victoria, you're standing there. There's how many copies of you at the moment? Right now, two, but I was going to ask, how could I make more? Is it just the thought of trying to do more things at once? Yeah, it's, it's really at this point, how many things would you like to try to do? Well, now that Jason seems to have frozen and is, like, getting all metal shifty, I think I'll just focus on the mother and the tourists. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You hear the building creak. You see the 30 to 40 tourists gathered around it for pictures as the tour guide stands by the bus out of the way, screaming in Inuit to get back, get away from the building. It's going to collapse any moment. I will just go up and along the same vein that I've been doing in Inuit, I'll just go, hi, and then just relay what the tourist said, but trying to activate the hypnotic gaze that happened before. You're part of the medical team now. 
<laughs> That's the trigger word from now on. You're part of the medical team now. <laughs> there is suddenly another one of you there. There's one helping the, the mom and the child. There's one helping the tour guide try to yell at people. That That voice only works on one person at a time, though. It does not work on a large group like that. Should have kept a shotgun. <laughs> That is a universal language. <laughs> that would have been a really, really cool idea. So while you're corralling and trying to yell at these people, just make a manipulation, interrogation, or rapport check to try to convince some of those. You get to, you know, the one person is susceptible to your hypnotic gaze and moves over to your side. You help gather up the woman and the baby and move them out of the way. And Ash, you make your way through the apartment and out the front door of it to the hallway. So that was five successes on the manipulation check. You've definitely convinced that one person to get out of the way and a couple of the others to start moving, but they're still not moving quickly enough. I find a nice little white end table, but the leg is broken. There's some doilies around, but they're kind of dirty. There's a knitted blanket that's kind of singed (laughs) somehow. Maybe I did that on accident on a couch. And this looks like an older lady's apartment, not necessarily the home of Jem. There doesn't seem to be anything bedazzled. Well, Jem did say her kid was with the mother-in-law. Or was the mother-in-law babysitting at Jem's home? Oh no, I should have asked. Yeah. While you deliberate that, Henry, the building moves again. You're going to need to try to manipulate that metal Oh yeah. in the building to keep it up knowing or suspecting that Ash is inside trying to find the Mm. child. What ability and uh, attribute do you think would be required to make that check? I guess since I'm taking over someone's body, I would go with charisma and command since I'm commanding someone else's body. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Now, this is going to be an ongoing check. Now, in White Wolf, what you can do is you'll need to achieve a certain number of successes over a certain number of rolls. Now, ones will take away successes. And if at any point you reach the threshold number of rounds that you're only allotted to have, or you run out of successes and get a failure or get zero successes, cumulative in a given round, you fail. So what I'm going to ask you to do is try to help the boy manipulate his the metal to control and keep the building upright long enough for ash to find the person Mm -hmm. so you're going to have seven rounds to make 20 successes and at the end of seven rounds the building will collapse okay the building will collapse no matter what you do at this point Mm -hmm. so just roll your charisma command and we'll do this round by round meanwhile the front part of the building starts to fall off Victoria, you're going to need to pull those tourists out of the way and collect them all. But you have hypermovement and clones. So how many clones do you think you can make to get those people out of the way? I will make as many as I can. So I guess I'll just split off into the four languages available to me. So I guess four, I can make four. Those are language families. So I would allow that you could then, I, I believe that your linguistic genius doesn't just double it. In this instance, it's going to quadruple it. So you'll be able to make eight clones because you have two dots of linguistics, right? Yeah, and then the side it says Spanish, English, and German. Hmm. All right, you have three. That means you can make 12 clones. So there are now 12 Victorias speaking 12 different languages. You may have an additional success 
if you say hello every time I ask for one of your roles in a different language, as Victoria is known to do, right? Definitely. Okay, so while you're doing that, Ash, find the girl. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm finding her. I'm, oh, oh, geez. I'm looking in every place I can. Are you doing anything with both flight and immolation to speed up what you're, where you're going and what you're doing? Oh, yeah. I'm using flight and, well, immolation is just like destroys things. So I'm, ah, oh, jeez. I don't want to destroy walls because that would bring down the structure even faster, I feel like. I mean, if I could destroy, like, a door, if I have to get into the hallway, I'll do that. Destroy doors and stuff like that. But nothing, like, that would make the building less structural if you sound. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. How did Henry do on his first roll? I had two successes. Have you rolled your second one yet? Uh, two successes. Say hello, Victoria. Hola. For those that I can, I'm going to identify any valuable personal items they have and then take them and run away with them away from the front of the building and, and make them chase after you definitely we're go we're going with twinkie tied at the end of the string here <laughs> okay yeah that that works for one of your clones absolutely and as i'm like you know doing this so i'm cheering jason on just be like come on jason let's do this we can do this like more so trying to encourage him because i don't understand how this works so i'm so internally i'm just like let's do this we got this i think that's fair i'm gonna give you uh, a willpower point for your nature to bolster jason's feelings of being successful okay cool ash can you make a perception investigation check yes can i use a willpower yes okay then two successes now ash when you start to look something weird happens to your eyes because your eyes are these burning black cesspools they actually perceive light differently now and you have this thing called visible light attuner it is a mega perception uh, enhancement and it allows you to see extremely close details from far away it is not helping you right now when it kicks in you're seeing it like microscopic levels of the doily you're like oh there's a tiny tea stain on that dough but it's it was like a droplet (laughs) it doesn't help you immediately however it does mean you have a point of mega perception that point of mega perception of course is going to be useful for you in this check and these hunts because you you now have that automatic success from that as well so there are three other apartments to look at do you pick one two or three three okay you burst into that apartment (laughs) and uh, begin to hunt around. Now we're looking at your third test, Henry. Three successes. And your fourth test. I'm going to spend willpower. Perfect. Uh, One success. So yeah, so that would make this a total of two with that willpower. Yep, there you go. So you're at nine successes. So you're okay, you're doing all right. All right, say hello, Victoria. Ni hao. And then hello again. Bonjour. How many times can you say hello? Couldn't talk. Oh gosh, two and a half years of Latin. My professor is killing right now. But it's a dead language, (laughs) so that doesn't matter. (laughs) You're at four. You need to do eight more. And saying hello this many times will actually allow you to have saved and pulled and gotten all those people out of the way as the building starts to tumble. You're in the third apartment, Ash. Where are you looking? And do you say anything as you're flying around? I I guess I'm just like calling out. I don't know this kid's name, but I'm just like, hello, is anybody there? I'm so sorry. My voice is so spooky right now, but I swear I'm just trying to help. (laughs) (laughs) I swear. Can you make a wits report check for me? Wits report? Okay. I got three successes. Oh, wow. 
Okay, you hear a, I'm in here. Well, I go. <laughs> there is a, a closet, which you kind of expected, and you've probably been looking for a closet all along. These folding double doors have been crushed. The wall has shifted from a, a nice perfect square or a rectangle into a parallelogram, and the doors did not obey that, and they are pinioned in and all trapped and there's a, a s- small fists banging against the doors or l- two little feet <laughs> kicking it that you can hear as you come into the room meanwhile uh henry make your fifth check okay three do i have any more hellos from victoria hola but ola in portuguese <laughs> okay and any more Namaste, and then ciao. That is seven hellos from Victoria. All right, couple of rounds left. Make your sixth check, Henry. Two. What do you do with the doors? I can't open them, right? I don't know. Can you? If I touch them, I feel like they're going to explode and I'm going to kill this kid. The mother won't take them back. I already told you. (laughs) I'm going to be like, hey, hey, kid, get in the corner. Okay, good. Yeah. The, the, The feet stop banging. Is that you, devil person? Yeah, my name's Ash. I don't really like that. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, Ash is a pretty crappy name. You know what? What's your name? Huh? (laughs) My name is just like my mom's name. It's Gemma. Okay, yeah, you're one to talk. Takes a crappy name to know a crappy name. Anyway, (laughs) which side of the closet are you on? I'm on the right side. Okay, so I'm gonna touch the left. Is that your left or mine? I'm gonna- well, which which way are you facing? I'm facing you! You're facing me. Okay, so I'm gonna touch my right side of the door. Okay, no one in the podcast can see I know. as Liz moves one hand to one side and one hand to the other and <laughs> turned her whole head around trying to figure out which way was which. I think you've got it. I think I got it. So I do it. <laughs> Grab the door. The door starts to melt, of course, but it doesn't catch fire because it's like a poly plastic sort of door, one of those 1970s style. It starts to melt in your hands and you pull it back away from you. And you can actually see that you, you have actually chosen the wrong side. You're on the same side what? as the child. You said you were on the right <laughs> side. I did. This is if you're facing me. <laughs> This is your left. The door comes away. The whole thing falls right out. All four parts of this folding door fall out at your feet. And the kid scrambles forward towards you. Okay, well, I don't want to melt you. The building starts to fall. Oh, no. Henry, make your last check. I'm going to spend a willpower? Sure, yeah. (laughs) It's not going to do much. Oh, that's four. Four successes. And Victoria, say hello. Jumbo, Swahili, finally remembered that We Are the World song we had to sing in second grade. <laughs> nice. That is eight. Do you have any more hellos? No, that, that I've exhausted what that song taught me. There are a few Inuit that have not rushed away because there were 30 or 40 of them. You've managed with, you know, nine of your clones to gather up people. Can you tell me how you convince the others to come away? I started digging through their personal belongings on the bus. I also found some of the more pugnacious looking ones and just socked them and ran away. Okay. <laughs> other ones I just mimed as though there was something really, really cool behind the bus. Jokes on them, there wasn't. Does one of your clones speak American Sign Language? 
Okay, that's good. That is nine. <laughs> and with that, your immolation ash sucks back into your body. Your your eyes burn even blacker ah. as you manage to bring to control and bear the blackness that suffuses you. And the child rushes into your arms just in time. It's slime time and I... <laughs> <laughs> the building. Oh, the best catchphrase. The building rumbles and shakes. Can you please make a dexterity plus flight check? Sure. So you get one die for the flight. Okay. Ooh, I have five successes. One of them's a ten. Holy moly! That that is enough successes to burst out the way you came, where the blinds had melted and the thing had fallen. Your form just erupts out of the building. You have made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven checks. You've held the building long enough. Are you out of willpower yet, uh, Henry? No, I still have two. Holy moly. Yeah. Do you have any more hellos, Victoria? I do not. All right, then make one final manipulation interrogation check, because that seems to be really what you have been doing to people. <laughs> and Use one of your color words if you have any. I guess cunning. I think I, I have a low enough charisma that I can empty a room by just insulting people. Make one last check. If you get four successes, then you will have pulled the remaining people, even that last elderly old lady wearing uh, a bunch of tourist gear, an LA Kings jersey, and a an Oakland athletics hat. Like just really random sports memorabilia. <laughs> She's still standing there. How did you pull her up? Did you get that last success? Did you spend a willpower? I did not, but I got five success. You tell her the Kings suck and she marches over to have at with you. And Ash floats there in front of the building as the entire backside of the building finally gives way and Henry is able to control the collapse of the building. So Xander, tell me how the building collapses. As it starts collapsing, I just go, okay, Jason, let's do this slowly. And as it falls and we like have it fall concisively together, we have it go into the shape of really just a thumbs up as like the rubble just looks in the shape of like a really, really poorly made thumbs up. And if you like, I can roll my art roll that I, that I've been really wanting to use. Sure. Go ahead. Do some art. Do some, do some architecture art. That's one success. Ironically enough, you realize something as this happens. Your character actually has mega wits and has the ability of natural empathy. Because his brainwaves are so powerful, he can actually naturally see and perceive and feel the brainwaves of others and feel how they are feeling. And it allows him greater access to their emotional state as well. So you get an additional success from that mega wits. Okay, cool. So that's two success. <laughs> a ton of pictures are being taken throughout all of this from these tourists with their cameras. Some people are taking videos from buildings across the street. There is a number of people taking, uploading things to YouTube immediately. And these orange jumpsuited powered people videos are up all over. By the end of the evening, all of you are ridiculously famous, and while only eight hours of your community service has so far been put to use, it is no doubt that the city, seeing and knowing what you're capable of, will use the other 192 hours to much better benefit than picking up garbage on the highway. <laughs>
your characters become very well known as a result of having your faces exposed. But Henry is not as well known as others. He's known as just that guy who kind of hangs out near them. And then there's the super powered little kid who's a paraplegic. <laughs> and there's Ash Altru who becomes known as Pulse or the Black Pulse as she flies through the sky. And Victoria Umbra who is known as the Fourth Dimension because she exists in so many different places. And then there's just Henry. Yeah, Henry, who's always just like, thumbs up after all the stuff. Thumbs up. The support guy. Vervurum becomes known as Vroom, and turns out that she actually can possess vehicles (laughs) and any type of mechanical device. She can actually climb inside it in much the same way that Henry can climb into other people. She's Kit. And while no doubt this adventure would continue on with a whole bunch of crazy outlandish things for these characters as they start to explore their powers and start to have to face people who have acquired abilities that use them for negative means. We'll have to put a close and end the chapter on this community service aberrant game. I hope you all had fun. It's such a blast. Thank you. I'm OG Brown Sugar. I've yet to join the social medias, but you can find me playing Maeve Sentis on Splinters of a Broken Sun. And I'm Xander, and I am the storyteller for the show Heartbeats, which is also an actual play. It's It'll be out in like mid-July. Very great and very heartwarming and super charming. Yes. Uh... I'm Liz, also known as Zil Nair from Dungeons, Dice, and Everything Nice. We're out there. We're doing stuff. Or you can find me on almost any social media at The Pigeon Wizard. All one word. I'm really happy to have had the opportunity to get together with all of you and run this wonderful game. <laughs> Thanks a ton. <laughs>